Hello and welcome to The Super Show, your one-stop shop for the most easy-to-find and Googleable news stories from the week in the world of gaming. Today, I'm your host, Alex Jones, and as always, joined by the Bacon Royale with extra opinions, hold the relish, and the double Big Mac with a side of sass. I'm referring to, of course, Chris and Jamie. Welcome, fellas. How are you doing today? <laughs> oh, my God. oh, my God. What a fucking delight that was, Alex Jones. Do you know what? Actually, for a minute, I was trying to remember how you both take your burgers and I couldn't be bothered to think about it because it's so complicated. So I just made it up. We we discovered actually that um, we've almost known each other for a decade now, Alex Jones, and you still don't know how I take my burgers. Okay, you take yours with no relish, no mustard, ketchup. Nope. Oh, it's Jamie has ketchup. Okay, you have nothing. You don't have any sauce. Correct. Uh, and then Jamie has no relish, no lettuce, no onion, no anything. He wants it plain as, and then he puts ketchup in it. Yeah, exactly. Because oh, so I did know. Like, I, I think. Know. Well, I think the big thing I always remember with Chris is Chris is just no sauce anytime, anywhere, and just get it out of here. Doesn't does just. You know, some yeah. people say, "Oh, if I could travel back in time and I fucking kill Hitler and then I get rid of all the bees." For me, it's like no fucking sources, all right? If you live in my uh, dystopia, no fucking hold sources on, hold for on. you, all right? Get rid of the bees? Yeah. Is that a thing? Well, then we'd have no honey. Yeah, but Why you are you getting rid of the bees? Because you wouldn't have bee stings. As yeah. He's oh, got a point oh, there. Right. Oh, I thought you were doing some weird kind of butterfly effect thing where if you kill baby Hitler, then the bees die out. <laughs> and I was trying to put... I mean, I it's, like, it's I don't possible. Know going. No, but it's that's like... What, okay, look, bee, bees, that's, that's not a thing, okay? Because bees... Bees are good for the planet, but like, what's what's the fucking point of a mosquito? Ah, I was. You said that, and I thought it. I heard something the other day that mosquito without mosquitoes, we would all die out within like a few years. Bullshit. I don't believe for it. Sim- similar kind of reasons. Uh, I, that, that sounds Do like we- research um, uh, provided by the fucking mosquito society. <laughs> Yeah. The, the University of Mosquito me. Preservation's research shows. Yeah, the Mosquito Net Company, who are the only people who make mosquito nets. Yeah, exactly. I've lived in this room for six years without a single mosquito in here, and I'm doing just fine. Exactly. He's not dead. There's my research. Survey, survey of one. Our survey says, <laughs> ding me. Well, you're not dead, so um, I think that is infallible evidence right there, and we have to go with it. Um, yeah. But... Let's get away from mosquitoes. Hello to everybody out there who's watching. We are a gaming um, podcast that might not be clear from the, uh, the, the intro about Hitler and bees and mosquitoes. Um, but if you're watching us on YouTube, we are also available on podcasting platform- platforms. I'm talking, of course, about Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, but also anywhere you uh, get your platforms. We even touched on it last week as to some strange places that well, sorry yeah. strange mm. places you get your podcasts, strange platforms that we're on. I can't even remember them. Right They're all on the, the dark Tesco's. web. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The big ones, Stitcher, Deezer, on those. What's the some yeah. of the weird ones? iHeartRadio, uh, pod, Podcast Nation, shit. I don't know. Silk Road on the dark oh. web. Yeah, yeah, if anyone frequents that, yeah, buy an AK forty-seven and get this uh, podcast. <laughs> But we are also available on uh, internet radio because we're internet radio megastars. As we, Mega, no, what did we decide? It wasn't megastars anymore. Was Mate, it? It we, was we've we've gone so stars. far ahead. We probably circled back around, and now we're just simps, just simp, simps yeah, again. Um, I'm talking about Paisley Radio at paisleyradio.com, where we are streamed live um, on Thursdays at 10 p.m. and repeats on Monday. So you could always head over there and you can check us out. We're also on uh, Twitter and um, YouTube, as I said, at Super Show Pod. So there are so many ways you can get in contact with us. You can talk to us, you can reach out, you can ask us questions, you can, I don't even know, send us cool pictures that you draw of your... 
Okay. Hold on. Ooh, hold on. I'm glad you clarified <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stop because I'm getting myself in a Draw, draw Jamie like one of your deeper. French girls, all right? See, That's we've made that request thinking. before and people have done that. I know. Yeah. It's on the, it's on the, it's, I think it's still in the Discord somewhere. I, I think right. also on the uh, the old no. all-time gaming Instagram. You're right. That's where it is. That's where it's it is. It's over my fireplace. I had it printed out and, and framed. And I, uh, I, I Wait, printed out? You didn't get it yeah, painted? Oh, I should have done. I should have yeah. done, shouldn't I? Yeah, yeah that's no, right. That would have oh, been good. Wow. Uh, I, I do have a question for you because obviously <laughs> every day we stray further and further from God's light and uh, less about a gaming podcast than we probably first uh, set out to be. Do you think we should change our kind of like category to like lifestyle mm. i don't mm. think i don't think we go that far down the lifestyle route yet maybe in a few years once we're at like episode 500 we'll have to switch it up but i think for now we're pretty safe yeah let's let's yeah. get past episode 100 first jesus true exactly i think Would you guys like a little um a bit of insight into the gaming stories we're going to talk about later in the show i can go on me. then um, so we're going to be talking about uh, the Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, um, reception, backlash, whatever you want to call it. We're also going to touch on um, some new uh, allegations, I suppose they are, um, for Activision Blizzard. Um, that is the story that keeps on giving. We are going to be talking about uh, Call of Duty and Vanguard, which came out recently. And to top it all off, we're going to um, touch on some of the announcements of the nominations for the Game Awards. Game Awards. Um, big, big old Jeff yeah. Keighley, special special guest coming up mm. in this, in this podcast. I would what, love that. What do you reckon his fee is? Uh, I don't just think he charges a, a, you. A pair of nice shiny shoes. Oh. <laughs> a home-cooked meal <laughs> and a pair of shiny <laughs> shoes. I think we could figure that out. Yeah. I don't know who's yeah. cooking, but... No, but I I think does he, I, I think does he do, like, guest appearances? Like, I, not, not to say that he's a stuck-up person or anything, but I just kind of feel that, like, he just doesn't do that kind of thing because he doesn't think in that kind of way. But I, might, right. I may be entirely uh, wrong. But you get what I'm saying? Like, he's kind of, like, preoccupied with other stuff and he's just like... Often, what, I'll reach out. I'll reach out to him uh, and I'll drop him an email and I'll say, Jeff, would you want to come on the podcast? Do it, and we'll see not, to, be, to be fair, your at uh, gets some traction with at least two people. It's true. It's yeah. true. Do you know what's funny? Kind of on a similar topic, although this doesn't necessarily apply to Jeff Keighley because he's not on there. But the other day I was doing a one-man brainstorming session around some potential future content for the Super Show, kind of as we Ooh. move towards the end of the year. And, okay, you know, I like it. Try and generate a few different ideas. And I mean, I'm still waiting for that army of two. Uh, I mean, <laughs> video. So I, I don't see. I don't hey, like man. get over the fucking first speed bump. Don't there, know speed what you're talking right? about. I never heard of it. Army of two. What? Never. Well, no, it doesn't exist. Um, but I did find myself browsing uh, the members of the website Cameo to get a rough idea of what certain celebrity uh, messages and video messages oh, would cost. Can we get Jaru? I didn't what see him on there. Cameo is when you pay and a celebrity gives you a voice message or a video message rather. And you can do it oh, for like right. birthday celebrations. So for example, you could pay 50 quid and you get Frankie Muniz from out in the middle to say happy birthday to your mum. Here's the interesting thing. Do you know who the number one most popular person on that platform is? I don't know. I'm probably going to fuck up his name, but it's the dude for, is it James Buckley? Oh yes. Oh. From the Inbetweeners. And then between us, I've pulled it up and I've actually got a, a featured tab. Would you like me to read out some of the people that are featured at the yeah. moment? Because James Buckley is number one. Yeah, he, honestly, Miriam, he is the most popular person because he just wants everyone to call him like friends. Oh, 
Oh, we'll yeah, see. totally, totally. Uh, Miriam Margoyles is number oh, wow. two. Wow, really? Um, okay. Rebecca Adler. Well, this is, I don't think this is um, how these uh, are like featured correct. popular. These okay, are just yeah, featured. Yeah, yeah. yeah, these are just featured. I wonder if uh, these Rebe- are also featured based on the fact that we are Going, yeah, geographically, you know, we're located in the oh, UK. And- undoubtedly. Um, Rebecca Addington, the British Olympian. Um, Mo Farah is on there as well. Nick Frost. Jorginho, Chelsea FC midfielder. Jorginho's on there, wow. Jamie, Jamie, did No, I just didn't, ben, ben didn't expect to hear that name. There. Oh, do you want to know who's trending? Yeah. Uh, who are these people? Johnny Blaze? I don't know who Johnny Blaze is. Johnny Blaze? An R&B singer, apparently. Uh I've never heard any of these people. Oh, Mick Foley. Mick Foley, legend. I can see why you'd want a video message from Mick Foley. Hell yeah. I get that. But is it is it as mankind, though? I think it's some of these people you can, if they're famous for playing certain characters, you can get them to do certain yeah. voices or certain yeah. characters. I don't know if they, like, constantly walk around with certain outfits or masks, but Basil Brush is on there, and he's just <laughs> a straight-up, like, he's a character. We should offer cameos to our patrons. Just like add it in on like the fifty pound, the fifty dollars. Yeah, but then like, yeah, can we create our own? Can we create our own cameo and put ourselves on there for like fifty p? No, but then who is going to want us? Yeah, who would our message mean anything to? Like it would be funny to be on there for like fifty p. Because even if we gave them away to our patrons, like the patrons in question might not might care, but they're not going to give it to a loved one for their birthday. Like, hey, we're those guys from the thing, the the podcast that your brother listens to. No, I meant like, for the person. I meant for the person who, who bought. Oh, right. No, but who's buying for it for themselves? Else. Just for fun, just for a laugh. For funsies, for fifty p. No one's going to do it, Jonesy. We're going to be a laughing Tom, stock. <laughs> well, like we were at that. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, insomnia. exactly. Insomnia. Uh, Tom Felton is on there. He's four hundred and forty-three quid. That's because the Harry Potter fans are fucking nutjobs. Yeah. No offense to any Harry Potter. I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I just mean that you guys are kind of crazy sometimes. I was Nut- trying to find um, some um, the most expensive. I wonder if I can if I can do a category where I can see. Rudy uh, Giuliani is only one hundred eighty-one dollars. Price high to low. <laughs> or Mike Tyson fourteen thousand eight hundred. Floyd Mayweather that eleven thousand yeah. one hundred. I could t- Kate, I could totally Caitlin see. Jenner one thousand eight hundred fifty. That surprises me for some reason. Why is that surprising? Like a billionaire. What's the point? Do you know what I mean? Like, what's the point? Can can I tell you the the one thing about rich people? Yeah, they love money. True. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, everybody loves money, but like, you'd think that like rich people are like, oh, I've got my money, I'll chill now. No, always make more money. Floyd Mayweather is here again, like one of the wealthiest sportsmen in the world. Eleven thousand one hundred pounds for a cameo. So. uh, I, that that yeah. blows my Why one hundred pounds then? Why add the one hundred pounds? Well, like, also, it's from it's from one thousand one hundred. So I mean, it could be that that's for one second. Mental. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. Actually, turns yeah. out though, I think the most interesting thing about all of this conversation though is not that cameo exists or that the people that people are on it, but it turns out that cameo joins the long list of things that Jonesy found out existed today somehow. <laughs> yeah. I just write this very second. I did not know it was a thing. Do you know what I thought it was when you said it? I thought it was that website, like, is it Star Me, where it's people who are trying to become famous? Oh, right. A star Now and stuff like that. Yeah, star um, Now, Star Now. Yeah. Uh, but there you go. It's well, there's not, there's a video it's... idea for you, uh, Jamie. Let's just fucking do Star Now and see how far we get. Oh, yeah, that's a great video idea. All of us join a talent website and try and make it as actors and 
Who gets the furthest wins? Great. Anyway, wait, did you explain what your fucking idea was? Cameo. You were looking at cameo. No, I. I oh no, I, 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 it's too a bit too premature to explain the idea. I was just, I, I cameo and getting certain celebrity people to do certain bits of a video would be a part of the video. Um, I'll, I'll explain more to you guys behind the scenes if you're curious, but I'm afraid the uh, the good folks at home might have to wait a little bit longer for this video to definitely not happen because we run out of time. <laughs> Well, exactly. That, okay. I, I, I can say that as a track record of us trying to do things outside of a podcast-centric uh, kind of thing, the the I'd, I'd like to say the uh, the tally so far is me and Jonesy, right, and and, and you. It's kind of like way squashed mm. down there on the bottom. Huh? Yeah. That, I mean, don't worry, he's got his great cameo idea that's going to come <laughs> off, so it's all good. I, li- I like that all of a sudden now we're taking the piss out of me for having an idea because you guys made one video each last summer, like yeah, over a mean, year ago. Actually, I made three, yeah, so go fuck him. yourself. You edited some stuff that all of us contributed to at different points. <laughs> mm, did you help on the, on the Star Wars one? No. Anyway, so there's right. nothing to do with me. I hope I'm going to quickly. I'm going to quickly move this show along from this little infight. <laughs> yeah, but before before the fucking civil war starts, because from a universe where we are all uh, cameo starmy superstars, um, oh. to a multiverse or a multiverses, because we obviously talked about the story. Uh, was it? I think it was last week. Blimey, when um, there were some leaks and some rumors about. What? M- Jonesy, what was it last week or was it the week before, mate? <laughs> I don't remember. Anyway. Time is a anyway, flat circle, remember? It, it is. Something like that. <laughs> the multiverse's rumours uh, were out and about that there was going to be a uh, Warner Brothers, um, well, I, I don't even know what you call it, a beat-em-up game in the style of Smash Bros. And I believe it's it called a Platform Brawler. Platform Brawler, there you go. And it has now been announced, um, and we've seen a trailer for it, um, which is surprising, actually. It's more than I thought we'd get to see at this point, given that it was, uh, I guess it's uh, not a very well-guarded secret. As, the, as it was a confirmed rumour. But, you know, there you go. Uh, we now know that the game is going to be free to play. It will feature 2v2 matches, 1v1 and 4-player free-for-all in online and local um, matches. But I think there's also a single-player thing, isn't there, as well? Isn't there a single-player aspect of something? I thought they mentioned that in the trailer. Yeah, well, you do a, a, a four-player free-for-all that's like you playing against other people, I guess. But, no, but I'm, I mean, saying, like, a single- story-wise... Yeah, I thought the guy said that the, in the trailer said that there was some sort of single player aspect. I'm not sure if that's just so bots. I don't really maybe remember. Yeah. I was I was I was dazzled by some of what was going on there, but it's possible. Yeah. Like Smash Brothers has a single player story. Yeah, I, I don't think they said anything about a story, but there's certainly not story, you know, but like maybe bot mode or something like that. Oh, like, like, you oh try, you'll be you'll, you'll be able to play this game when you're like if you if one v one local like that's that's you against an AI, right? That's you against CPU, so. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was imagining that would be more like um, you against your mate sitting next to you. Some of us don't have mates, Jonesy. <laughs> That's true. Um, there'll also be ranked competitive. Uh, there'll be customization options. Um, and the biggest thing, of course, is that there are some really cool characters who are going to be featured. Um, we saw a few in the in the trailer. We didn't see as many as I think that were rumoured before, but should we talk through some of them? Yeah. I want to know which ones were your guys' favourites mm, um, that you saw. Do any jump out? I mean, I think them? one jumps out. Yeah, do we do the list first or do we do... Oh, yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll give you the list then and then you can tell me who your favourite was. So we've got Arya Stark, Batman, Bugs Bunny, uh, Finn the Human, Garnet, Harley Quinn, Jake the Dog, Rain Dog. Who the hell is Rain Dog? Shaggy, 
Steven Universe, Superman, Tom and Jerry, Wonder Woman, and many more to come, as they've said that there will be more characters um, introduced over time. I might have uh, got it twisted, but I think I looked up Rain Dog and found out that it is a an animal that is a cross between a reindeer and a dog that I think is from Steven Universe, but I yeah, might be wrong. I, I hadn't heard of it, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a clear winner there, one, right? I think there is, an abs- there is absolutely a clear winner. Chris, I think yeah. you and me are on the same wavelength there. Yeah. Who's who is the clear winner? Shaggy. It's got to be Shaggy, dude. Come on, Jonesy. Yeah, I mean, he was he was the whole Shaggy's thing about the fucking bad. meme. Like when it was like two years ago, where it's like Shaggy is the most powerful being in the universe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and if they, they realize they lean, that in this game, that would be pretty cool. But they have because they fucking lean into it, isn't it? You, Shaggy can go fucking Super Saiyan. Yeah. Uh, yes. There's also a bit towards the end of the trailer where they're showing off customization, some of the skins you can unlock yeah. or purchase, and it appears to be a, a Bruce Lee inspired getup for Shaggy, which Hell I guess yeah. make, makes sense. They basically got the exact same haircut, albeit with a different <laughs> color. The <laughs> most boring one was yeah. probably Arya Stark. Well, that's that's the that one really that dull. fucking confuses me, to be honest. Like all the others, like I, if you say like a multiverses kind of thing and you're talking about like Batman and it's like an animated version of Batman and Superman and all their like animated properties like i'm like yeah totally on board and it's like oh yeah aria Stark. Yeah. it's like but mm. that's why i like it first of all it was i think the only one that we saw officially that wasn't leaked in some capacity but also right. if you're opening the door for live action hbo shows then the sky's the fucking limit baby <laughs> like tony soprano's coming back from the dead baby the end of the season <laughs> one of that. dlc he just, just never moves he's just always in the middle of the thing just fucking shooting and eating like fucking hamburgers and yeah, so, complaining to a psychiatrist if you press x he says gabagool I like the idea that every match where it ends up with uh, him and someone else at the end, it goes black and you hear a, and you, it goes back and you never find out who, yeah, uh, who, won, no the who won the match. Oh, that's great. That's so good. I, I, I don't know about you fellas, but I, I think this looks like a fucking blast. Oh. Yeah. It's a weird one. Like it, it looked like, it just looks like an absolute Super Smash Bros. ripoff, which yeah. it was always going to be, but it, I was surprised at how much it looked like that. But at the same time, with the characters they've got, the voice actors that they've got playing the characters, um, it's it looks wicked. I'm yeah, I'm I'm totally into it. And it's free to play, so why not? Why not jump in? Yeah, I think oh, yeah. free to play is kind of the key thing, right? Like I'm not quite with Jonesy in terms of how smash e it looked. I think it from memory actually, I'd maybe need to remind myself of the video, but I think the Nickelodeon one almost looked more like Smash Brothers than this. This wasn't quite as <laughs> floaty some of the animations and especially when it came to actually like the way that moves connected uh felt a little bit more sticky and i don't mean that in a bad way i just mean there was a bit more of an emphasis on the impact of certain moves and one of the things i in theory like again it guess it depends how it plays when it's all said and done is that by putting the 2v2 mode first and foremost and prioritizing some kind of co-op uh that's an interesting twist that we haven't seen and we saw examples of moves that uh, would kind of like complement each other. We saw Wonder Woman using her whip to pull someone back from the edge before they fell, and we saw uh, Bugs Bunny digging a hole between different parts of the map that their um, teammate could also use to travel through. That kind of stuff is an interesting was twist cool. on the on the subgenre um, that I, I thought I, is interesting. And also, I'll just say, given that some one of the things that people were disappointed about <clears> in the Nickelodeon <throat> thing was like the lack of really taking advantage of those licensed properties with music and voice lines and voice actors. I think the fact they've got some of the voice casts they've got, yeah. more power to them. 
Oh yeah, I, I've actually forgot. No, you're, I think you're absolutely bang on about some of the um, uh, the ways you can use characters, not in outright fighting, but like you said, the Bugs Bunny thing, the the Batman smoke bomb thing, like as as little teammate things. They they were that was actually a really nice touch. That, um, mm. I think will add a different f- sort of flair to the game. Um, it'll be interesting just to see how it comes out now, how how it plays, how it feels, because that surely is everything with this sort of um, this sort of game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like it, it it seems that it could play fluid enough to be enjoyable. It obviously depends on like, yeah, you know, what what's the latency and the input lag, etc. One thing that they did say is that they've got like, was it like server side rollback code, blah blah blah, which means yeah. that they're kind of taking things seriously, which is and really the, interesting. They pledged to have a dedicated servers for as long as the game is around. It sounded like so. They also mentioned, yeah. as you said, Chris. They talked about lag. They talked about latency, and they said that they were things that they were they were really keen to address and make sure that this is the creme de la creme of um, online fighters, which is which is quite good that they're referencing that in the like in the bit when they the announcement trailer because they that's the thing they need to address. Right, stuff like that is what people are going to care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it seems like one way or another, people care. Like I read, I had an interesting. Um, tweet from uh, a guy I follow on Twitter who's an analyst for the MPD who tracks sort of game sales and stuff like that. And uh, he uh, put out a tweet that basically said, metrics that determine whether or not a game is going to succeed. And the two bullet points were, lots of people are talking about it and they love it. And the second bullet point was, lots of people are talking about it and they hate it. Metrics (laughs) for determining whether or not the game is going to fail. And the only bullet point is, nobody's talking about it. And I think that, like, like, multiverse is one of those things where and it's probably why they've done it, right? And why it's going to be free to play is you have such a broad range of characters that can appeal to so many people. There's going to be a laundry list of gamers who are going to say, do you know what? I'll download it for one round as Shaggy or one round as Batman or one round as Tom and Jerry. Or well, I, I think I think you fucking nailed it there. Just literally just Shaggy. Just kind of bringing back the meme. People, we, I mean, fucking hell, we worked with people that if anything had Shrek in it, they'd fucking jump in. So it's <laughs> Very like, true. you know, you've got all of these fucking meme stars. Who owns Shrek? Like, Dream- Dream, DreamWorks. Yeah, DreamWorks. Which is what? owned by... Uh, yeah, now we get to play the family tree game of like, how far back does it go? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like that Spielberg, right? And Spielberg has a history with Warner Brothers, so... DreamWorks, as of 2016 to present, is a part of NBC Universal slash Comcast... Which is a part of Comcast. Oh, they own Dis. No, they don't own Disney. No, no. they own Xfinity, NBC Universal, and Sky Group. Yeah, exactly. and Comcast they, Spectator, Leisure yeah. Arts, and Midco. Oh god, it's just they it's so fucking Disney. complicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a fucking tangled web we weave, right? But yeah, like just the fact that like it, the the meme could come back, and that's all it needs to be successful. Honestly, yes. It's, it's funny as well because obviously you get to the day when like a Smash Bros game comes out and then it's like, do I want to drop 60 quid or am I going to go and play um, this free-to-play multiverses yeah. game? And as long as, like you say, as long as it's um, <clears throat> in people's minds, as long as people are talking about it, that becomes an option because suddenly you say, oh, rather than hop on that, we could hop on this multiverses, you know, we, um, yeah. we could all hop in there and have a game. Yeah. Um, I should also mention as well at this point that it is on. It will be on the PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five, Xbox One, Xbox uh, X, the S, and PC. Um, Stadia absent from the list of platforms mm. that it's going to come to. Mm, shocker! I wonder if that's going to become a recurring thing. <laughs> it's also um, cross-play and cross-progression, which is also 
a very good selling point to have on a free-to-play fighting yeah. game. Ticking all the boxes, it's good. Um, yeah. I, I, it's interesting. Like, I, I found this out a couple of uh, like maybe a week ago. This this really kind of took me by surprise. But you remember Brawlhalla? Yeah. Oh, which yeah, is yeah. like Ubisoft's take on a platform brawler, mm. right? Do you know that this game has a championship? Oh, no. I'm no, I don't think I knew that. Like, as in like ages. an eSports championship? I know that Ubisoft talked about it so much that it gave me the impression at times that it wasn't going away, but I didn't know that. Well, the 2021 Brawlhalla World Championship is an open-entry $250,000 event. So... You know that's 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 solid. Like I think there was a Warzone event the other day that was a four hundred thousand dollar event in total. <laughs> so when you can bet, like that's Brawlhalla players are eating well, I guess. So basically, what I'm saying, fellas, is I, you better start practicing a shaggy because <laughs> uh, that's the only way that uh, the super show is going to continue is with some of that uh, multi versus yeah. prize pool money. Oh, man, <laughs> yeah, I, I really. I really hope they go ham with the DLC characters on this. Oh yeah, I just go I, and, and I hope that, as they can. And I hope they kind of like keep like a, a decent kind of like trickle going. Yes, agreed. Yeah. I, I, it'll be great is um, if in the future where there's a, you know a new uh, Smash Bros game and there's new characters coming out for it, and like get character for character every time they release a new character of Smash Bros, they drop a new character for this. Yeah, and it becomes this kind of like all one like one upsmanship. Who can have the better characters? And Warner Brothers are like, we we own so many cool characters. We're just going to destroy you. That would be quite a fun little a uh, little battle. But then, but then you have the crossover, right? Where Shaggy goes over to yes, you know, and and, and Mario visits the Mario, multiverses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be cool. Some, yeah. Somehow the rabbits get involved and like ping Mario over, and it's like all mental. And hey, it writes itself. I'm down, <laughs> I'm down for that. Uh, talking about how we're going to support the Super Show, we should probably take this moment to mention our Patreons. Um, nice. Over at patreon.com, uh, they are some wonderful people that support us um, week in and week out. And G- Give the full f- thing, Jonesy. You never say it right. Uh, patreon.com forward slash Super Show. Oh, oh nice. What, Clean. What a, what a, what a dude. You can head over there. You can join for as little as $2 a month. Um, and for that, you can get access to our Discord. Uh, the $5 and above tier, we also do some extra content. And we've actually recently started recording pre-shows. So whilst you may have only been listening to this for about half an hour, we actually started about an hour ago in the first 30 minutes um, talking a lot of bollocks, really, um, before we get into the main <laughs> show. Uh, it's on the pre-show that hopefully we'll be doing. Um, we've already done two, actually. So this is the second one we've done and would be reasonably regular so you can check yeah. out some more content on there we've also got some behind the scenes um videos we've also got uh known murderer known murderer the big boy the one that i'm yeah that close to my heart <laughs> um that hopefully there'll be another episode of that going up soon as well um but I'm going to take this moment to mention some of the patrons. There are some on screen right now, but I'd also like to give a shout out to Aim Nestus, Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Jesper Camden Nielsen, Javela Cujo, Leo Merga, Magic Grits, Mindful Pig, Nathan Piers, part of the 0.2% if you know you know. I said it wrong, part of the 2.24% if you know you know. Pastors Guild, Scary Omen, Starful Kid, Zach Cream, Brett Z, Doppler, Geometric Potter, Hacks or Book Read, Manuel. Caribbean Papi Guerrero and Peaswad. Um, and legends. Thank you so much. All Thanks, you. gang. 
for supporting us. So like I said, it is patreon.com forward slash super show. Head over there to join the Patreon and keep the lights on. Super, what would you call them? Super gang bangers. The super gang, uh, the super bang gang. Super. Yeah. Actually, I'm not going to throw an idea out there. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that hanging. Wow, leave it in the air. All right, fine. Yeah. Um, I'm going to quickly do a comment of the week. I'm going to do it a little bit differently though, because I'm going to. I've combined a few of them, boys. Because last week uh, we threw it out and asked who we should fight in a boxing style match um, from other YouTube channels, <laughs> gaming channels, whatever you like, and we did have a few suggestions. Um, and I thought I would just shine a light on some of them. Um, to be fair, there was actually a good... I think it was the rain who said, um, why go for boxing when really the true calling for us should be WWE, um, which I think was a yeah. great shout. Jamie yeah. especially would yeah. be prime, you know, pride of place. I'm all about the pageantry. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but we did have some other suggestions. Uh, we had um, that I should fight Mike from outside Xbox. Chris should fight David from PlayStation Access. And uh, in tag team action, Jamie and Steph should fight Peter and Ben with Ashton from Chip, Triple Jump. Um, yeah. We then had a suggestion that, Jamie, you and I should fight each other because people are under the impression that we are a similar height um, <laughs> and should go toe-to-toe. I don't like my odds in that, so <laughs> I'm going to say that's a terrible uh, idea. Yeah. <laughs> go on. That's okay, I say that in our current form, I think I'd have the early advantage. But the thing you'd have to remember is that if you gassed me out, I'd just <laughs> be, like, falling over myself. Yeah, it would only take about, like, 45 seconds, right? It'd be that ki- like that Kimbo Slice Dada five thousand fight where it ended because one of the guys was so exhausted, kind of just fell over. <laughs> What's, they, I was I was getting suggested on YouTube the um, the MMA fighter versus the is it a, a sumo wrestler and it's like the five hundred pound sumo wrestler and the MMA oh, right, guy yeah. just dances round him for about ten minutes until he basically yeah. falls over and then they can't get back up again. It's like a turtle that's upside down, like on, yeah. the, on its shell. Roll me they over. Can't get back up. The final suggestion was, Jamie, that you you gain uh, a few hundred pounds and you fight Boogie. Um, <laughs> That's very generous. I don't need to gain that much weight to fight Boogie, trust me. <laughs> I guess it depends where, where Boogie is boogie? on his journey, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, boogie we're talking I about? saw last saw Boogie in the flesh early 2019, at which point I think, based on his videos, you'd think he was doing pretty well in terms of his weight loss journey. But in person, he did still look like a ball. I yeah, I think he, he has done very well. He's lost a lot, hasn't he? I think he put a little bit back on, but I think he's still in ball territory. Um, yeah. It's going to take him a while to get Because he, he's, so. he's much shorter than me, I think, as well, which, which bless him, doesn't help with, with weight gain. Yeah. No, yeah. So I met him in, uh, where, well, where was it? E3 uh, 2018, of course, I believe. Oh, of course, E3, yeah, 2018. I actually met him and talked to him and said hello to him, um, and that was cool. And he's he's shorter than me as well, so yeah, he's... Um, Are you shorter than Yeah, you would definitely yeah. have... Um, you would have some a big height advantage. Do Do you guys have have any? I know we we kind of said it last week, but do you have any updated thoughts on who you'd like to take out? Because I've I've got an update on mine. <laughs> Go on, let's hear it. Matt Pat from Game Theory. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, Matt Pat from Game Theory. <laughs> Matt Pat. <laughs> that would be. I, I imagine that he's about this big <laughs> in real I, life. I, so I, think I think he's. I think he's like right. a shaggy, right? I think he's like tall and lanky. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. I nah, I still think he's tight. I think he's like I think, under five foot. <laughs> I, th- I think that he'd just be like in good nick, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, Are you trying I, to say you fancy Matt Pat? 
Is that a, is that a sexual thing to say someone's in good nick? No, I, I get what you're saying. Like, Depends like, how you he, mean it. He, he looks it's after fine, himself. By the way. Yeah, yeah, I think. Well, sure. That may. I, I'm not going to say that either because Aunt Josie will also make homosexual connotations about it. Look, I just. I, hey, there's I, nothing wrong with it. I just don't think he'd be weak. I think he'd have hidden gamer strength. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I reckon. Nah, I reckon Chris would definitely. In have the same way, you know how like some people have dad strength. I think it's like yeah. they're just like they're just very. You know. I, I will say. I will say this. All right. People underestimate me. And those people don't underestimate me for too long. I'm not underestimating you. I, I said my money would be on you with Matt Pat, definitely. I, 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 yeah, I think if it came down to you versus Matt Pat, I still think I'd probably give you the edge, Chris, because I don't think, while I give Matt Pat lots of credit for being, as I said, in good nick, hashtag not gay, no, no homo, sorry, that's the actual real hashtag, not not gay, I just made a weird one. I still think Chris has got this kind of like, <laughs> I, I've broken him. Jesus. No, I was just drinking some water. You made me choke on it, you dickhead. Hashtag not gay. Um, I, I think Chris has got this kind of potential, almost feral element to him that we yeah. very rarely see, but I think you could just go buck wild. Like, almost like a gerbil in a life or death yeah. situation. Yeah. It's, it's funny it, you say gerbil, because I was thinking, um, uh, what's the actor's name? The, the the hamster, is it? Or the gerbil in the, what's the, the film where he's like a weird little superhero? Danny DeVito. Mm, no. What? Well, do, do that impression for a little bit longer and I might be able to figure it out. Yeah, keep it going. Yeah, keep going, keep going. Shit, who's the actor who plays it? It's, uh, it's I have no idea Knight what you're even talking no, about. Either. Ben the Stiller. from Night at the Museum. Ben Stiller. Ben when Stiller was Ben Stiller a, a hamster slash gerbil super? Oh, oh are you talking about, what's that film that the Smash Mouth music video Mystery is set Man. in? Yeah. Mystery Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But was he a gerbil in that? I don't know. He was. He no. was like a gerbil. I, well, it, it's kind Perhaps of like the- J- Jamie kind of hit it right. Like on uh, fast, too fast, too furious. I'm I'm the rat in the bucket. But right, here's the, exactly. Here's yes. the thing, he fellas. The here's the thing, fellas. I don't need a flame. Oh, <laughs> that I feel like someone should put that like a, a black and white picture of your face and then put that quote next to it and then upload it to Facebook. <laughs> so Ben, <laughs> yeah. ben Stiller is Mister Furious. And his superpower yeah. is rage. Oh, so that God. is that is. Chris, uh, John Jones, I, I mean this in the most loving way possible. But like bringing mystery men into a conversation <laughs> like this is the most you thing imaginable. <laughs> can I can I can I give you a little bit of an insight? Maybe it's a dad thing uh, because I've been thinking about mystery men for the past two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> because I started I started singing to my son like we're going started singing him like Smash Mouth songs for whatever goddamn reason we go chickity chick the Chinese chicken. Yeah, oh, that's um, um, and he fucking loves it. Watch next files when the lights on. That's not that's um bare, bare naked, naked ladies. ladies. Bare naked ladies. Yeah, well, the same yeah. fucking shit, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, same. some some shit band full of like weird, like slightly overweight, a uh, chunky <laughs> yeah, American exactly. guys wearing like, those like you know those Cuban bowling t like uh, shirts. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. Like bands that like w- would have been le- slightly less mainstream if they'd stuck to their scar roots. Yeah. But went to a, went a bit more pop to a, the, get the a weird thing about success. Smash Mouth. Is they were at the end of that absolute gem of a movie, Rat Race, and they were they holding play a, a live concert. show, right? Yeah, they're playing yeah. a live fucking oh, show. Right? Fuck I, do, I haven't seen that. Just like you haven't seen is Rat that Race. The weird, no, is that the weird one with like Steve Coogan and? Um... No, no, it's no, no. like uh, it's Rowan Atkinson Rowan and Atkinson is John it, as an Italian. Seth Green. Oh, yes, uh, Seth Green's in it. Um, John Lovitz, modern around the world, Nate. Yeah, days John, yeah, John Lovitz. Um, in a great turn as. Uh, obviously part of a, a, a Jewish patriarch of a family and mm. they find Hitler's car 
Yeah. <laughs> that, like, oh, God. That, that movie is, is so movie? dumb, but basically it, it's like, cracks me up, man. It's like so John much. Cleese is like a billionaire and he basically gets all these people together and is like, there's all this money in a locker over like somewhere else like it's miles away first person to get their wins and yeah. it's just all these people making their way across the country in crazy fashion yeah. I think I remember seeing a trailer for it in the it, 90s it's good it's 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 a barrel of that's laughs an icon, that's an iconic movie right there yeah. Rat Race yeah um, I think so you're, so you've changed your uh, your shout is going to be uh, Matt Pat from Game Theory yeah I think can I change I'll mine take him, take him out snipe him I think I'm going to change mine I'm going to change mine to Alana Pierce but I'll let her win Oh, I feel like nice. didn't you do this last week? You wanted to fight a woman. <laughs> no, some someone else said something about I should. What was it like letting Alana Pierce slap me or something? Oh, oh right, okay. And I was like, yeah, okay. That's Actually, do you know what? Then can we expand it beyond? Well, hold uh, on, because now you're creators? changing the rules of the game. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just saying if we expand just, it beyond content be creators, Pierce. well, because Alana Pierce is on on the game dev side of things now. If you think about it, in terms of her actual profession, I know who you're going to say. I'm, I, no, I want to. I want a two v one. Troy Baker and Corey Barlog and Corey at the Barlog. same time. <laughs> that would be. Weird. And I want to do a thing where, like, I want to choke slam them both at the same time. <laughs> oh, Troy, to be fair, Troy Baker would just be sitting in the corner doing poetry. Yeah, he, you know, he yeah, he could retweet that fucking quote about it's the man in the gladiator or the man in the arena, and it'd actually be real because I'd fuck him up. I've got a great. I've got a great one for you though, Jamie. I've got a great one. Okay. Anomaly. Anomaly. Yeah. Who's I don't anomaly? know. I don't know anomaly. Oh, you don't know anomaly? No. I got it. Is this a is this a a blind spot in my cr- content creator knowledge? This is great. This is great. Oh, I've done well, it. You could say something, or you could leave us. Um, well, are you googling? fucking googling it. Yeah, but you could. T- three so million anomaly subscribers. Is this, anomaly is, is that a, him in that thumbnail? It's just a dude in a in a balaclava. In a balaclava. Yeah, he's he's a like a crazy popular streamer. Oh, is this the one who recently accidentally took his mask off midstream? Yeah. But he, the, he's like funny, man. Like, he, I think he's like a Russian or Ukrainian or something. And like, he'll be streaming and all of a, and there'd be like an AK-47 just on the floor in the background. And he's like... This guy scares me, man. He'd fuck me up. Oh, but I reckon it would be such a good match, though. I'd like he's to, Russian as well. Yeah, he'd kill or some, I, don't, I, I, I might be wrong on this, but maybe not Russian, but maybe like Ukrainian or something. I'd yeah, like to so be his cool. friend, but I, I wouldn't. I would. There's something about the the look of like a permanent balaclava that that frightens me. <laughs> I don't know the, why. What was the Irish band who used to wear them balaclavas all the time in weird videos? The Irish band that used to wear balaclavas all the time. Are you not confusing? Too, you're, not, you're not confusing an Irish band with the IRA. <laughs> no, is it? Oh, oh he's like a, sorry, school. Jamie. That this this might make you feel a bit better. He's a Swedish gamer. Oh, Why okay. would that make me feel a bit better? I don't know. Because oh, Swedes, Swedes are less scary. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. yeah, they're less scary. No yeah, offense, I mean, like the, the, the only Swede that we really know is like you know he's he's a lo- lovable guy. Yeah. Oh, the, the Rubber Bandits were the guys that I was trying to think of who were the, uh, the Irish band who have. Um, Sounds like someone weird, weird like masks, like failing to remember the name of the bad guys from Home Alone and getting it wrong. That's- <laughs> the, the sticky bandit. Oh no, the wet bandits. Oh, the, and wet- the sticky bandits. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they were going to get in in the cancelled third Macaulay Culkin Home Alone film. They were going to be called the Rubber Bandits. Uh, But but on on that that streamer slant, I'd like to see Jonesy go against Pokemon. 
<laughs> okay, sure. What, why? Josie just battering women left, right, and centre. <laughs> yeah, I said Alana Piss, but then I said I wouldn't. I'd let her win. But now Pokemon is getting weird. Now it's just like I've got to stand there and let Pokemon. Oh, just because you up. had you had that rant against Pokemon that one no, day. No, so like, come on now. You don't did. say that. I did not have a rant against Pokemon. She's fine and lovable and whatever. Fair play, simple way. Mad right, sounds like you want to fuck her. No, I really don't. Let's oh. move on. Wow. <laughs> um, to a bit of a catch-up, because I want to hear what you guys have been playing for the last oh, week. I've been waiting for this one. Hell yeah. Oh, okay. Should we start with you then? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, okay, take it away. Well, uh, the only really new thing that I've played is something that all three of us have played some amount of, so let's get out of the way. But not um, together. We haven't played together, no. It's actually one of the rare occasions where something dropped and all three of us played it individually, despite it currently only existing in multiplayer form. (laughs) Um, And that is Season 1 of Halo Infinite's multiplayer has launched in beta form as kind of a a surprise shadow drop, if you will, uh, to tie in with the 20th anniversary of the series. And uh, because it's on Game Pass... Well, it's actually... Fuck that, it's free to play everywhere. Yeah, Uh, it is free to play. So um, we've all played it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's technically a beta, right? It's the, it's the multiplayer yes. beta. Uh, it's yes, I did say that, yes, while oh, you're on your phone. Sorry, yeah. sorry. But, but it is weird, isn't it? Because surely, if like usually when there's a beta and they have a um, uh, a battle pass, they're like, oh, they, they usually call it uh, season zero, right? Right, right. And they usually give the battle pass away for free. Whereas this is season one. It yeah. lasts all the way till May of next year. And the premium level of the battle pass is... Yes, most certainly not free. Yeah, it's what two thousand of those coins. Yeah, I mean we can get into like the, the microtransactions and the pricing stuff. Um, I yeah, guess in a sense, I, I, I was just going like, say well, weird, weird for a beta, but it's it's fine from what I could see. It's it's it, it's in line with other free to play yeah. things. It's yeah. expensive, but then they all are at the moment. That's the yeah. issue. Um, I think the game itself, though, like I think they've done right by the Halo formula and done right by the Halo series. I think it's. <laughs> Somewhat refreshing to have. I know I talked about Splitgate and whatnot a couple of months ago, but kind of refreshing to have that kind of style of arena shooter back in our lives again. And I think they've put together like a really solid, well-rounded, polished version of that Halo experience. And I think it's cool that they're kind of catering to the more uh, fast-paced, intimate, arcadey style of um, of Halo experience with the four v four modes. And they've also got these slightly larger big team battles that haven't gone you know, off the edge over the deep end like they did in Halo 5, um, but still big enough to have bigger maps and vehicle play and all of that kind of stuff. It it feels tight. It feels like you'd want a Halo to feel. I'm not sure how much I love the Halo experience in this day and age, Um, especially playing this alongside a couple of other games. I don't know. Maybe that's just me kind of... It feels slow at times, is what I'll say. And I don't mean that in a bad way. That's just an observation. But overall, like... um, I've I know I've I've really enjoyed my first kind of couple of hours with it. I'd say yeah, and I I've, also, I've enjoyed it. I, I like, didn't I like, think it was slow though. Uh, bro, uh, again, I I said it to you guys midweek. Maybe it's because I played uh, like a quite a decent number of hours of Vanguard, and Vanguard. Right. Uh, I should I should say some recording dropped its version of Shipment uh, about forty eight hours ago with, and it had a twenty four seven Shipment playlist. So. Um, I've been playing a lot of shipment and dropping 100 plus kills in the space of one match. And then when you go into like a 4v4 Halo match with its increased time to kill and the floatiness or something, it does feel like sometimes you jump and you're like, what the the gravity? How long am I going to take to land? Like, 
Um, <laughs> but it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just an observation. Yeah, it's just I, different. It was, it's, it's one of, I think it's my first ever sort of like f- go at properly playing a multiplayer Halo game for um, any length of time. I think I've played for a few hours at this point. I was awful when I first started. Like I, I didn't even know what I was doing really. I was kind of like, okay, so what is this like? Is this like a, you know, loadout system whereby, you know, Call of Duty style or is it like a run around and pick stuff up style? And it did take me a little while to figure it out. And I had to go and um, I did a few of the tutorials and things because um, I've literally just never played Halo. And so I had to sort of get into it. Um, it looks, it does, it looks nice. I would say it does look nice. Yeah, I've enjoyed yeah, what I've yeah. played with it so far. Some of the stuff you said though, Jamie, I think, it do- yeah, I kind of had the same feeling. Not maybe that it's slow, but in the, it feels quite old fashioned in a lot of respects. Oh, it's very old school feeling, yeah. It, it was make it like it was giving me Quake vibes. It was giving me Unreal Tournament 2004 vibes, like some of the bigger maps and things, which I don't know if I liked necessarily. Like after a few hours of playing, I was like, okay, I'm starting to get the hang of this game and more I'm starting to get what I'm supposed to be doing with it. Um, and then I wasn't sure if I was into it. Hmm. Um, like... I think I want to play more of it. Like I said, I do enjoy, I was enjoying it. I was kind of getting into it, but at the same time I was like, oh, right. Mate, this is, it does feel a bit dated. But then yeah. if that's the Halo multiplayer experience, if that's yeah, yeah. how it's supposed to feel and this is the development on that, it's probably just that I've never experienced it before. Yeah. So it's we, 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 we definitely need to play it all together. Like, yes, you know, before we kind of let the sun set on that one. Um, I, oh, I, I definitely like want to play my, more my, of it. Don't get me wrong. My only kind of gripe that I have with it personally is... Uh, just the ammo. I just constantly running out of ammo. And I know it's like you're meant to be just be constantly changing weapons, but I found the balance of how many weapons were around compared to right. how much I was losing ammo. It just didn't. That I think the balance there is off a bit. Personally, I know. Yeah, I, see, I know what you mean. I've I found myself running out of ammo on that sort of initial rifle as well. Like suddenly being like, oh, you've got <laughs> you've got no ammo. Oh, and then switching to your pistol and being like, oh, okay. Although the oh, pistol's well, pretty that- OP. But that, that's like that, that's pistol. the number one hint, Jonesy. Just drop your pistol with for another gun as soon as you can, whatever you can pick uh, up. Right. I like I like the pistol. I'll be honest. And I, 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 found think, quite, I found it quite powerful. There's there's like a there's like a fucking six chamber revolver that's like part shotgun, part revolver that I, I've, I, I I've, yeah I've, I've I've picked that up before. Oh, I so. love that one. It's fucking great. But yeah, uh, yes, I agree. Like the the, the it's just, it's annoying because it reminded me that. I've never been a huge fan of the way that um, initial primary assault rifle feels in any Halo game ever, across campaign and or multiplayer. It feels okay, and so, this one. Come on. It, no, it feels okay, but it's also just this thing of, like, it's a very generic rifle in terms of its yeah. skill set, and uh, again, not, a, not a bad thing, not a criticism, but again, you like you have to adjust to the idea of, okay, like, there is no ADS. Like, accuracy is pretty persistent across a lot of different ranges. You don't have yeah. to think about things in some of the... You don't even need to necessarily think about, like, pre-aiming and pre-firing, because time to kill is quick enough that... If you're better than someone else, you can win fights that you were second to in some cases. Mm. Um, I, I've fallen foul of that so many times. Where I've, <laughs> because it takes so many bullets to like kill the shield and then shoot them and, to, and then to finish them off. And I keep finding that I I get like the get the position on someone or whatever, start to shoot them, and by the time I've shot them, taken their shield off, and then killed them, I've had to reload because I've missed it like a couple of times or whatever. And the gun's not very accurate, especially at distance that they've turned around. And killed me. I can the amount of times I've been meleeed, meleeed as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, oh, I'm but, like, 
that was always like I used I still to this day love like the crunch and the impact of the <laughs> melee in Halo and I think it's almost amplified by the fact that because that time to kill is so high there's nothing better than rounding a corner two people face to face like maybe 10 feet apart just both start shooting it. at each other and running and shooting at the same time and it's about the timing of who's going to get that melee <laughs> yeah. in first yeah. and when you cr- when you fucking crunch someone it's like <laughs> and then they die immediately and their body goes boing that's a <laughs> Always, that's an all-time great feeling in video games. I should, I should clarify why it's, I, was, I feels, I said it felt dated to me, and I think it's because, like I said, I haven't got as, as much experience. But it's the, it's the way, like when you see someone, you start to get shot, you start bouncing around, you like jumping yeah. and like trying to not get shot, and it's like you've got a shield, which is you know, and it's the way you can see um, you've got players in red and whatever, and it's, it's just like a bit of a weird. Have you? Have you tried back. the bigger matches yet with the vehicles? Yeah, I did. That's the one that that really felt like Unreal Tournament to me, where you've got like right. in Unreal Tournament 2004, you had to like control the nodes and you had to like push. It was almost like a, a, a Dota style map setup in that game. So you had to like push, get a node, and then you would be able to move yeah. forward and push and get a node. So this is obviously some of the game games that I played were like that, or um, were the capture the flag ones, or the get the power cell and get it back to your base. Um, yeah, they felt kind of old school as well because then it was getting in the little crafts, a lot of the vehicles and driving around and trying to get position. Oh, man. Let me tell you, I, I got on the gun and... of a fucking Warthog and that match, I had such a fucking great KDA. Like, it absolutely yeah. wrecked everything. Yeah. Nice. You, all I, you uh, need yeah. is like a good driver and someone with good aim on top. And you fucking I had the same thing in Battlefield 2042. I haven't played it since release, but in the pre-release stuff where I felt like... Dry, right, like being in a tank was where I'd get most of my success because, <laughs> like, the boots on the ground stuff, I was never always that good at. Yeah. Um, and I, I, the other thing, the other thought I'd share on Halo before, I guess, any other thoughts you guys have is that when I think back on Halo in the past, and I'm specifically here talking about Halo Three on the Xbox 360, my enjoyment of it was at its peak when it became something of a platform. And Forge was in there, which I know isn't going to be there at launch on Infinite, but it's coming presumably eventually sometime next year. And it was kind of over to the players' hands to create certain game modes and game mode variants yeah. and tweak maps. And um, uh, in the past, the Halo community's creativity has known almost no bounds. And I think if we see some of that again, kind of the same situation with Battlefield yeah, 2042's Portal, portal yeah. is like if the community's there and the creativity's there, then that's like a, a timeless mode in theory. Obviously, Battlefield has some technical shit to work out alongside it. But Halo, at the moment, for a game that Shadow dropped for free, doesn't. I know there have been server issues, big, big-time server issues. Um, but, like, technically speaking, like, when I played the game, when I got in and everything was working, I was like, this is tight, it looks good, it feels good, <coughs> um, and bring on the campaign, I guess, yeah, next month. Yeah, totally. I'm fucking all, all fucking about it. I'm actually quite excited for the campaign, weirdly. I played yeah. a bit of that obviously the multiplayer and I'm like yeah I can, do you know why you're excited about it Jonesy why because it's for free do you know it's because I think it's the first time I've ever played some of a Halo game like this and then liked what I was looking at um, in the weapon types mm. the the environments and thought okay it'll be quite interesting to see how they utilise all of this in a campaign um, which is my big bugbear of Halo is usually <laughs> I'm like it just looks plasticine it looks cartoony I don't like the enemy designs I don't like <laughs> blah 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 so yeah, no, I'm, I'm well, looking. Forward I, to I, I'm just amped to be back on a on an actual Halo. So let's fucking go mm. for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, did either of you two have anything else you wanted to say about Halo? 
No, no. Play um, it if you can. <laughs> yeah. That's all I no, right. Um, and I guess uh, like elsewhere, I was just going to say that like one of the sort of benefits, I guess, side effects of uh, talking about a bunch of new releases last week is that broadly speaking, I'm still playing the exact same group of games this week, um, <clears throat> with the exception of the fact that I have put down the uh, Grand Theft Auto for the foreseeable Ooh. future, just have in you case. Finished it? No, I, I played. As in, he's no, I, I, I haven't played away. any. I haven't played any oh. more of them since last week because I just felt like, do you know what? First of all, there were other things that I wanted to play, and there were other things that I could play, so I wasn't that upset. I wasn't beating myself up about it, and I just reached that breaking point where you're like, do you know what? Like, I hope there'll be a patch at some point. I'll play it then. Like, oh. if the experience is going to get better, I'll wait till the experience is better. I don't. Yeah, that, I don't that's going to start really well for you in Cyberpunk. Yeah, that's, <laughs> oh, it's still in the background there. I can oh, see it. Oh god, yeah, twenty twenty two. Now we're looking forward to for that. Um, look, I'm not. I'm not going to be naive about what's going to happen to the trilogy. I don't think it's going to be overhauled by any means. But it is still that fundamental thing of if it's going to be better at some point, then I'll play it when it is marginally better. Yeah. And in the meantime, I'm I'm enjoying Vanguard in spite of some of the stuff we're going to talk about later. I'm having a good time with it. Forza Horizon. Uh, is very, very good, although I am stumbling upon my my first personal grievances with it, and it's not mm. really the game's fault, um, which makes it kind of a weird one to criticise the game for. Like, <laughs> to try and explain it quickly, because I think this is a bit sort of like, not even inside baseball or inside of trading, it's just kind of like, it, this is very odd, I'll admit it. But you know when like people talk about intrinsic and extrinsic motivation in video games? Most yeah. of the time they use it in the context of talking about open worlds, for example. And they'd say, like, <clears throat> Breath of the Wild, uh, you know, it, it is designed to uh, intrinsically motivate the player because they want to explore for the sake of exploration and see what they find naturally. Whereas Far Cry is like, we're going to tell you what you're going to find everywhere and we're going to incentivize you, you, to, you to go and do things mm. and get the rewards for them. And that's more extrinsic by nature. Um, I get the intrinsic versus extrinsic thing more often when it comes to games that have really solid, fun gameplay loops at their core that are then built on by sometimes quite heavy-handed and confusing and noisy systems. And the two examples I, I have of that for me personally are Destiny 2 and now Forza Horizon, where I'll be playing Forza and I'll be having a blast driving around and you know doing donuts and crashing <coughs> through cactuses and walls and <laughs> while I'm doing that because of the way the game's built I'm building up XP and when I'm building up XP I'm getting like uh, points that I can apply to my car that might get me a wheel spin I get a wheel spin I get a new car and I also get XP that levels me up and I'm completing accolades and it's got that reward loop that always is always ticking over and every now and then I get to the point where I'm like I should really do something and I open up the map and I see 500 icons and I see there's a street race down the road and I look at the street race and that street race's rewards in theory are not that different or they're marginally uh. different or marginally improved than what it was like to just drive around and I'm like I don't feel motivated to go and do the things the game wants me to do but right. I'm enjoy I enjoy doing the game playing like playing the game in a meandering sense and I get end up getting paralyzed and that happens to me in Destiny 2 all the time, where I'm like, I'll spend five hours accidentally in a group chat shooting people's heads off in Destiny 2 because it's a fucking blast. And then someone's like, do you want to do a strike? And I'm like, eh, uh, like, <laughs> not really for some you mean reason. I've got to actually play the game? Fuck off. Yeah. And like, Isn't the I, problem with Destiny 2, though, more like you say, do you want to do a strike? Well, I have done it 15 times before. 
Whereas is there's that a, the same there's a, there's a, there's a Forza? Well, there's a bit of that with Forza. Right. Where it's like you're, you're going to be in a different portion of the world, but it's still going to be a, a race, like it's fundamentally. Feel the same. And the rewards don't feel that uh, different. And the way it kind of tracks the various progress in towards the, the bigger rewards, whether that's in the base game or seasonal stuff. And also, like, sometimes it's just like, oh, if I do this, I get a car. I've got 75 of them already. <laughs> this is the problem we were talking about last week, though, is that saying that they just kind of, they just give yeah. you everything on a plate and it's just makes they everything do. a bit boring. And like, I th- I, I, and like again, like I, I, it's just a personal struggle where I have the motivation, the intrinsic motivation to continue to engage with their systems, Yeah. but where the intrinsic and extrinsic motivations of the game design meet one another... And it's the it's time for the game to convert me from one to the other and make me start clicking on markers on the map. I f- I fall off for some reason. Right. It's a very odd phenomenon, and I'm curious if anyone else, maybe at home, listening along, um, experiences a similar thing. And I, I I don't know why it happens. It doesn't happen in Red Dead Redemption Two. You know, there's no point where I, I spend five hours hunting and doing what I want, and I'm like, I can't be bothered to do the next story mission. It doesn't happen. So why? Did games like Destiny and Forza with those core loops um, yeah. tend yeah. to suffer from well, it? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's because there's no, like you said, it, it's just a fucking race. Kind, you know, yeah, where, kind whereas, of. Whereas a mission in in um, Red Dead Redemption Two is like you uncovering things about characters and you're moving the story along, Very and true. the narrative is kind of helping you being pushed. Whereas, because because I I know what you mean. I kind of got that issue when I was playing Need for Speed Heat. Right, okay, yeah, that would be And, similar, and it yeah. was like, okay, well, I'm just doing another fucking race. And it's like, oh, I've got to do a nighttime race to earn a different fucking kind of currency. It's like, okay. And that really mm-hmm. kind of created me. But yeah, I get what it's, you mean. It's funny. I used to get it in um, uh, like GTA 3, GTA Vice City, stuff like uh, games like that, where I would just be having fun walking around the world and just being <laughs> a dick. And then when it was like, do you want to do a story? I was like, not really. Like, I'm, I'm quite happy just... Yeah, yeah. I guess Mess, I guess messing with pedestrians. that was fucking me and Skyrim. It fucking right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. It almost Never seems do like the fu- you, you're almost like the the main quest line is the chore that you have to do instead of like I just want to go yeah. look at that cave and fucking see what's happening with that troll and that, that the giant and the mammoth over there. Like, oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? I got to climb the steps of High Hrothgar and go see fucking Parthenax <laughs> and shit. It's like. That's cool. Okay, the okay. To be fair, that was pretty cool. But like, yeah, just like moving along the the main the yeah. main storyline in like those Bethesda games is often the least interesting part of those games. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys have ever had it, but sometimes you get the opposite where you're almost too tied to the main quest and open world game, and you're like, I guess I could stop getting all these cutscenes and getting these interesting story bites to kind of like go and kill this person, get $500 and come back. But for some reason, I don't want to right now. I, I actually, yeah. I never get that feeling. I get, I get that a lot at the, at the, towards the end of Rockstar games. Like when you're yeah. in the, when you're in the final third of Red Dead Redemption 2, like you're like, there's a legendary bison up there, but also like <laughs> the, the story's moving at 200 miles an hour. It doesn't feel right. I don't know. It feels like a it, weird thing to go and take an ass. Yeah. I get I get that massively in those sorts of games where I've because I, I am terrible at normally doing every side quest you can do every collectible and I'm often the person who gets to the point in the game where some people might have to grind for you know to get to the next bit. I never have yeah. to because I've already done everything. But I'm completely with you that when the story is like 
we don't have time, we've got to go somewhere and we've got to do this and it's all on us. And then the game's like, or you can just mess around and do stuff in the open world. I'm like, no, I can't, I don't have time, I've got to go and yeah, do the totally. thing. Well, there's I no think, clock yeah. in the game that actually tells you that you have to do that, but I feel like yeah. the narrative is telling me, no, you dick, go and do the stuff. That's one of the criticisms yeah. of, of Fallout 4, right? It's like, oh, your son's been fucking kidnapped. Oh, I'm just going to go and... Um... <laughs> You know, do, do this thing. Yeah, it's like it's it, it, yeah, it's very odd in, in Mass Effect Three where uh, all the DLC. This is in the Legendary Edition. All the DLC that came out after the fact is now inserted in the main game, and you can do it whenever you want. And for anyone that doesn't know, like Mass Effect Three is ostensibly about like the end of like all sentient races on or in the entire universe, uh, like the end of life as we know it. But one of the DLCs is like a party DLC. Yeah, and the, where basically and the Citadel. The Citadel, yeah, yeah, Citadel DLC, where like you essentially like you get a, an apartment on the Citadel and organize a party, and it's about like you gathering around and inviting everyone and doing like little side quests. And it's like there's no comfortable time during the main <laughs> narrative of Mass Effect 3 to do the Citadel DLC, and there are very certain reasons after Mass Effect 3 why you <laughs> can't do the Citadel DLC. So that's a funny one. But yeah, that almost gets into ludonarrative dissonance. This is nowhere into really stupid game awards, which I apologize. I mean, for you've, you've really gone into the fucking stupid, ga- stupid game awards with your. Well, I was going to say to get That's what I was going to say. To go back to them, it almost feels like sometimes, and this is relating relating to the experiences that you guys just shared as well. It's almost like in games that try to naturally transfer you over from intrinsic to extrinsic motivation at some point during gameplay, there can almost be like a, a point where your brain almost like is becomes reluctant to accept it. Um, I don't know right. why that happens, but it is kind of interesting. Mm. That's all I've played this week. Jonesy, how about you? Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to be quick with these because I want to hear about St. Christopher played. So um, mm. <laughs> I, I did play a little bit of, which actually was surprisingly fun. I think I stuck a couple of hours into it. It was one of those where I didn't even mean to. It was Knockout City, which was a free-to-play game on the PlayStation, which is um, a like an arena shooter, but with dodgeball. Which is actually quite yes. a fun little game. Yeah, it's the, the one we took the piss out of when we saw the first trailer. Yeah, it's actually not too bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, heard, I, I hear decent things about it, yeah. Dodgeballing. Um, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's serviceable. It's Like I said, it's free to play at the moment, so you can pick it up and you can have a little play around with it on the PlayStation. If, you are, if you've got PlayStation Plus, so yeah, why not have a little, have a little go? Um, and then i uh watched something i watched uh shang chi and the legend of the ten rings hmm. because i'd never heard of it until <laughs> uh jamie brought it up the other day and i was like what are you talking about and it was a marvel movie that came out and apparently was at cinemas and i'd never even realized it was out uh, and I, it came to disney plus and so i thought why the hell not let's have a watch um, apparently it's good. It's got good reviews. It's you know supposed to be a good Marvel movie, and it was thoroughly mediocre. So um, as most Marvel movies are, yeah. Although this was a weird one. It was almost like um, I'm going to say. So you know that Guardians of the Galaxy is like a, the first Guardians of the Galaxy anyway, and um, was like a sci-fi uh, kind of tangent from the main Marvel yeah. films. Yeah. Um, and I really liked. I loved that film. I thought it was brilliant. I liked the second one. I thought it was very good. Um, it doesn't feel like it fits with like the superhero kind of uh, aesthetic at all. It feels like it's a it could be a standalone sci-fi film. Mm. Um, this was kind of that, but for sort of um, like martial arts films. It felt very uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in places. Except it also had some weird Marvely stuff going on as well. Um, right. Yeah, but I couldn't really buy into it. 
I didn't. It felt odd to me, and some of the ways that they slide in some marvelly stuff, I was kind of like, "Oh mm. right, this just feels a bit weird now." You've done that, <laughs> like I don't know. And yeah. I, it was okay. It was fine. It was okay. My wife enjoyed it. She thought it was um, a nice sort of easy to watch. Didn't really have to think wow, about a it. glowing review. Well, my wife enjoyed yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If nothing yeah. else, it seems so far the pick of the bunch out of this phase in terms of it's better than. Uh, Black Widow and Eternals. I haven't seen Eternals. I do, I do want to see Eternals. I did, yeah, Black Widow was not great. Um, it's, this was better than Black Widow. I'll give it that. I need to see Eternals. Um, let's see how that looks. I've got, I've got to be honest, lads. I know people have enjoyed the TV show offerings thus far in the form of things like Loki and um, WandaVision, uh, yeah. for example. But as far as, like, I know Black Widow as a character is... You know, is Black Widow. Um, but I was going to say, as far as Black Widow Eternals and Shang-Chi have gone to kind of kick off this phase and in some respects, like, maybe get us ready for, like, eventually, like, another at some point, presumably another Avengers film with a new set of Avengers. Yeah. I keep reading and intentionally spoiling the post credit sequences of these <laughs> films for myself because that's where most of the interesting, like, Marvel Universe-related stuff is. And I'm, like, reading all these things, I'm like... Where is this all fucking going, man? Like, I, I don't think they I, know where it's going, personally. It's a goddamn mess, is what it is. There's so many different stuff. And, like, I keep hearing... I'm not going to go into spoilers, but, like, I keep hearing things that's like, oh, turns out this character is heavily tied to that character who has actually ended up being in that TV series. And mm. I have already, in my head, written off watching any of the TV series ever. And so it's like the idea that, like... I'll say, for example, there's apparently a very important character in Loki... I'm yeah. like, oh, for fuck's sake! I don't want to. I don't want to watch Loki. No, no, no. Okay, first of all, let me tell you, I I thought that the most recent stuff of Marvel has been not good whatsoever, but I will categorically state that Loki is fantastic, okay. and you're absolutely right. Like Loki, the, a character in Loki is the linchpin of all of this phase. Yeah. So even if you like, even if you're not interested in Loki, just watch the last episode, I guess, or uh, a highlight on YouTube, or whatever. But that series is a genuinely good series, and it's not long, and it's worth watching. I will say yeah. that. I, I, I suddenly realised that I actually watched another Marvel-esque uh, Loki. film. <laughs> no. no, that was actually very good, and I can't believe I completely forgot it was this last week. Um, but... That was really good, and it was Venom. Let there be carnage. Oh, okay, and it yeah, was good, um, yeah, yeah. No, very good. They, they to be they fair, you you lot. really enjoyed the first one. No, I didn't. I thought the first one. I I really liked certain aspects of those, but I thought the first one was pretty crap. Like I I think they oh. um they they did a real like disservice to what that film could have been. I felt well, like yeah, because, because, because they because they taught they had Venom say Eddie. I'm a loser. It's like, okay. Well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They went so weird with like the whole, uh, like the final third of that movie was crap. Like I hated it. And I hated the whole setup with the, uh, the other venom and all of that. But no, this was, so I'd already, I had read Deadpool versus carnage, um, mm. like years ago and thought that was really cool. And then when let the carnage was coming out, I was like, okay, yeah, I can totally get down with that. That I think that sounds pretty wicked but they kind of have lent into the good aspects of the first movie with this one right. and played on more of that and like let it be a bit more wacky, a bit more crazy and just kind of gone with what it is. Whereas, which I think is, is served it well. Um, 
we'll see it. No, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. I think it's quality uh, that it's 90 minutes. Yeah, thank God. It, it, <laughs> we would, when we were going to this, because we went to the cinema to watch it and we're like, like looking up the times and we're like, oh, you know, don't, yeah. want, to, don't want to take all night. And I think um, <laughs> I thought the time, thought it said two and a half hours because it was looking at the wrong movie. <laughs> and then was like, oh, you're kidding me. I can't watch a Venom movie <laughs> for two and a half hours. And then realized it was 90 minutes and was like, yes, yeah. that is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, See, that's an also another example of a film that I have spoiled, uh, not the film, but I've spoiled the like mid and post credit sequences for. And again, that's another example of like, are we? Is this really where we're going? Like, is this really the plan? <laughs> oh, like, the, like the post credit sequence from that sets up something I'm so psyched about. If it actually comes, if it well, happens, they, they, I mean, it's at what, this point I'll say this isn't even a post credit sequence. It's not a spoiler to say, for example, he's because he's in the trailer that the upcoming film Morbius, starring yeah. Jared Leto. Morbius being a, a similar oh, situation yes. to Venom in that he is a MC, a Marvel character that in a movie being made by Sony. Um, Michael Keaton's character from the Spider-Man films is in that. So the, the is he Vulture? Vulture, yeah. yeah, Vulture, yeah so yeah. Vulture is in that. So like they're getting far more upfront about the the Sony Universe films having ties to the MCU films, and now the MCU films have ties. To each other, as we'll yeah. probably see with the new Spider-Man, which had a trailer this week, and also like, do you know what? The only the only one thing I'm remotely interested in is, and I, I won't again. I'm not going to say spoilers, but I'm just going to say there's a tease in the uh, at least I've read there's a tease in the <laughs> post-credit scene in the Eternals that I'm like finally, uh, yeah, yeah, that uh, that's what I'm going to go and watch. Yeah, oh, I, interesting. I know, I know exactly I know which one. Yeah, the, the I saw the Morbius trailer, the cinema for Venom, and I was like. This looks so shit. This is just they've they've Jared Leto was awful was the Joker, and so they've hired him as to like an <laughs> FU to DC to be Man Bat, or that's another DC character, but to yeah, be Morbius in like a, a Marvel movie where he is a Man Bat, and like this is so stupid. Like, what are they doing? <laughs> I'm just yeah. getting annoyed. Yeah. You know, it's what it is. Jared Leto was some pretty bad luck when it's come to um, trying to work his way into cinematic universes thus far. <laughs> so uh, I hope yeah. this works out better for him. Yeah. Man. But um, that is all from me. So, uh, Chris. All right, over to me. It's the thing that you've been waiting for, fellas. Yes, mate. Okay, mm. let me let it out Let's for you. Pens and pencils I've, out. I've watched Only Murders in the Building. <laughs> I've watched it too. Did you? Uh, not not this week or what? A few weeks. Okay, I mentioned yeah. it on the podcast. Like yeah. I, what did I, you think? Uh, I mean, I know you're waiting for me to talk about something else, but I'm going to talk about this first. No, I really, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Chris, um, was this? Uh, is, I just got to ask before you take your thoughts. Mm. Is this a TV show like broadly available for streaming, or is it kind of like in a technical test uh, stage at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, available on Disney Plus. I will say that much. Um, yeah, no, it's good. It's uh, a, a bunch of uh, New Yorkers living in a building and they, a, a, a murder happens in the building and then they make a podcast while they try and uncover the murder. And the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because we need to do a fucking uh, no known murder. murderers. Agreed. As an actual podcast. And they keep adding to the people that we can cover. Exactly. It's like, it's, it's almost as if celebs can't stop killing each other. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, I just thought I'd give it a shout out. It's it, it's great. I finished it like in, in a week, and it's really good. But yeah, there you we finished go. it so, already. Um, oh blimey! Okay, you've I've only seen like the 
I think I'm, I'm not even halfway through yet. So you've like I was, I, I was going to say I've still got three episodes of Squid Game left. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm rubbish with television. Yeah. Well, I mean, fair enough. You're playing games instead of watching TV, so that's fair. Um, but yeah, so uh, obviously we covered Halo Infinite, which I played. Um, I've downloaded. For, uh, I was going to say, Hordes are you of- doing everything in your power just to, to just yes. to, to, to not talk about it? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I played. Uh, Port- uh, I downloaded Forza Horizon, but I haven't played it yet, which is a rough one because it's like uh, over a hundred gigs. But whatever. Um, I played some Dark Souls, fellas. I streamed it. I absolutely fucking smashed it. And I'm going to get to. I am at the final boss, Gwyn, and that's going to happen this weekend, baby. Probably on Sunday. 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 So look out for that. That's on stream. Aqua Panic. But yes, what you've been waiting for is Elden Ring. I have played it on the... Um... Oh, no, I, was, I was hoping you'd talk about Dota. Oh, well. No, I didn't play it. So you probably need to move on to the news, Chris, if that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry, everybody. You know, like, uh, we just have to keep Elden Ring for next week. No, fuck it. I want to talk about Elden Ring because it's interesting. It's interesting. Okay. Okay. That, that, that itself that is... That's a curious first word uh, to... It's it's interesting in that it works a whole load better than I thought it would, and I thought it would work quite well. Um, oh was, wow! Okay, yeah. I was very very pleasantly surprised about how they pulled it off, and not only about like how they pulled it off, but like you know the marriage of Dark Souls and open world is like oh gosh, you know how they're going to kind of achieve that? How is it? We mentioned when we saw that kind of like twenty minute gameplay kind of showcase whatever it was whatever you want to call it that was like we were struck by just how breath of the wild it kind of felt and i i could definitely say that like it kind of sticks to that it that's not something that we made up in our head or the trailer led us to believe it is in that kind of let's go and explore and it kind of you want to go and explore and you don't want your hand to be held while you're doing it Mm. but then the the flip side of that is like, okay, so if you've got that system, but then you've got the Dark Souls system, which is very kind of authored, and it's kind of like you go here and you do this and this, that, the other. And I think I think they've done a really good job in kind of marrying the two. And like, at no point did I feel that like the systems were bumping up against each other. Like, it, it was a solid fucking experience. I played about... Maybe about six hours in total. Nice. Okay, so, so it's a pretty good stretch. Yeah, so yeah. a decent yeah, chunk. I, I, w- I would have loved to have played more, obviously. Um, and in those six hours, I've, I took down most of the bosses in the game. I think by my recollection, there's only three bosses that I didn't manage to take down. Um, mm. do, you know what, do you know what that makes up representative of the final product? Oh, the, the network test? Yeah, like the number of bosses available in the network test relative to the final Product. I don't, I don't do we know, know that yet? No, okay. we don't know that. Um, what what I can tell you is from the map that was shown off on that showcase to the map that we had here, mm. um, it, it's a very small portion. Right, I, right. I, I okay. don't know percentage-wise, but I can tell you it's a small portion. Like, I'd say it's less than a quarter. Okay, cool. All right, and like, so I played for about, yeah, what did I say? Six hours, maybe seven hours, and... There was still stuff for me to do and find and discover. Was um, surprising was it? Is it surprising how many of the bosses you managed to get through in quite a relatively short amount of time in an open world game? Um, 
in a way if you think of your other FromSoft game experiences you know like they can be really grindy you can have to you know go back and and try and fight again and again and again to take out all but three of the bosses you know in that world was is that do you think I mean don't don't get me wrong I did I did grind so I had to abandon some bosses and go back so in particular the the You've seen the stuff where you open up the door and you come out to the outside. The first kind of like, you know, does that Breath of the Wild thing where it opens up and yeah. shows you the world. And there's a big dude on a horse just kind of walking there. And you're like, oh, that yeah. guy's going to kill me. Uh, I had to, he was one of the last bosses that I managed to take down. Right. Um, and that fucking dragon is, is tough, dude. Um, I, uh, it, it, it's, it's good. It's good. And I can't stop thinking about it. It's fucking amazing. And it it's weird that like, in a year where I'm not really sure what my game of the year is, the best thing that I've played this year is a fucking network test. That's <laughs> funny, man. That's that's really yeah. that's fucking ridiculous, right? Did you what, what class did you play as? Could you pick? Um, yeah, so, that, so they've got they've got predetermined classes here, and it's unclear whether these predetermined classes are going to. I mean, they probably will stick around, but you can't like adjust your stats or anything. It's just like you pick the class, you go into the world, and it's right. unclear if you're going to be able to because there's no character creator in the network test, but you presume that there will be in the main thing. I mean, it would be kind of weird if there wasn't. Um, but I went for the, I think it's called the Blood Wolf, which is a very melee-focused character. Um, and you go through a little bit of a tutorial, just like, yeah, blah, 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 know all this stuff. But yeah, it's almost like taking the best bits of Sekiro, the best bits of Bloodborne, and a heavy emphasis of like Dark Souls gameplay and mash them together in a very kind of harmonious way. And I know, mm. Jamie, you're pulling a grimaced face there, but no, no, uh, no. Honestly, I, I would say maybe it's not a Jonesy game. Although Jonesy, I, I believe you could have fun with it in the same way that Dark's uh, Demon Souls is not a Jonesy game, but you can have fun with it. Um, but I think Jamie could. I think you could get really get into it. At that point, I have to also ask like the the trademark FromSoft question, mm. which is obviously it's going to be hard. But Chris, how hard is it? Uh, I think it's very accessible, and I think they're very clever okay. in in how they've kind of gone about making making the challenge kind of like scalable to how you want it. Obviously, if you go for you know the the open secret in Dark Souls games is if you go for a magic build, that's technically like easy mode, right? Right. So that's still available. Uh, obviously, with a much more robust kind of like online play. That also opens stuff up. But I just kind of feel that like what I found with, with Dark Souls games is that even though like, yes, there's interconnected worlds and you can you can do a lot of stuff without having to deal with bosses and then that helps you kind of grind up. It, it is kind of linear, but then by opening up into an open world, it there's a lot more opportunity to kind of say, I just won't even bother with that thing or I'll come back right. to that thing later. It, it kind of... It's always been there in Dark Souls, but it does feel that like it's a lot more emphasis on that kind of thing. Like, hey, if you're not ready for this, don't worry. You know, there's obviously bottlenecks. Okay, mm. um, like that guy that goes there, foul tarnished, come seeking the Elden Ring. You know, like that's that dude's a bottleneck. You can't go into the castle to continue without beating him, and he's one of the bosses that I didn't manage to beat. So, um, yeah, man, just like. I'm honestly like blown away by it. And bear in mind, I'm playing on a base PS4. Mm. Um, 
and like a first generation base PS4 as well. Like none, none of the fucking upgrades that they ever had. Um, and it, it ran fine. Like obviously it wasn't like buttery smooth, but it ran fine and it looked fucking amazing. Um, nice. I'm, I'm really enamored with it. Really, really, really enamored with it. And I like it already shaping up to be my game of the year 2022 and could be shaping up to be like, yeah, fucking something, something special beyond what, you know, Dark Souls fans think Dark Souls series is special to begin with. It's it's funny because uh, I actually watch quite a lot of content like talking about Elden Ring and people playing it and showing footage of it and um, and everything. I more and more I was hearing about it, I was like, okay, this actually I think this could be a FromSoft game that I could actually get into. Like from the uh, stealth killing smaller opponents yeah, and yeah. getting flasks back from taking out groups of enemies and stuff like that, and using the magic classes in order to sort of like you say um, put that difficulty saying yeah. like slightly easier it's very um, accessible jonesy it is very it, it still can fucking punish you like you cannot believe and like the bosses the, the bosses are like hey if you aren't at a particular level then they will one shot you you know what I, I suppose one thing that i i would worry about not for myself because it, it sounds like it's something that more like a FromSoft game i could get into but one of the reasons I've never really got into FromSoft games is because i'm lazy and i can't be bothered <laughs> to like i like to just be at a uh, go ham on someone or a group of people and take them out and feel like a badass and like win an encounter. I can't be bothered to learn patterns of bosses. Like go, okay, I need to do this and then do it. And I just get, I just get bored easily. Like you know, you've seen me play games before. That's that's my biggest mm. problem. I enjoyed Demon Souls. I thought it was fantastic, but um, stopped playing basically because I just got bored of having to think like too often. And I was like, you know what? I want to play something which is more like mashy when it comes to combat. Yeah. I worry a little bit that the died in the wall FromSoft fans will find this too much of a departure from a normal FromSoft game. Do you think that is something that they sh- justifiably, or do nah. you think that it's not an issue at all? No, it's not, it's not an issue at all. Like I, I, I certainly can see that kind of worry, but like I think the key formula for what like a Souls game is is very much present and not necessarily tinkered with. But it's it's like I said, it's just kind of like it's almost giving you a breadth of options to kind of tackle those kinds of things. And it's opening it up. And like I said, making it a little bit more accessible. So if you think about like demon souls, which is kind of like their first attempt at like a souls, you know, genre, um, it's obviously very focused and very kind of like, Hey, this is how you fucking do things. And as they've been going on in the series, they're kind of like adding more and more things to kind of help you out. And this is the, the most broad has probably ever been. And, and it's like we said, you know, in terms of like, hey, you can sneak up on, on people. You can sneak up on bosses because they are there in the world. It's not like in a Dark Souls game where it's like you go through the fog gate and the boss is there ready to fucking tear yeah. your head off. Yeah. That stuff still exists, sure. Um, but the bosses roaming out in the open world, like it's fucking, you can, you can sneak, like that dude on the horse, you can sneak up and stick your sword up the horse's bum. <laughs> nice, nice. You know, if you want to, um, it's cool, man. It's such I'm a salt. It's so, yeah. It's <laughs> on such the bumper, a fucking, I should say. On the bumper, yeah. It's such a fucking cool game, and like the the open world is really fucking intriguing. Very much kind of pushes you to explore, and there's a there was a wide variety from the stuff that I saw in that like small bit. Of- <laughs> You, you say wide because even like Breath of the Wild, which is you know a comparatively sparse game compared to say like a more ubisoft uh designed open world 
but Breath of the Wild, you think about like, okay, there were, you know, uh, small like villages and places where they were filled with NPCs and those NPCs could be, you know, vendors or quest givers. And then obviously it was also filled with hundreds of uh, temples that all yeah. had their own sort of like elements to them. Um, and like it, 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 Breath of the Wild was able to feel at times busy and at times sparse and at times populated and at times not and at times hostile and at times friendly. I kind of have this idea in my head that Elden Ring's open world feels entirely hostile the overwhelming majority of the time. Like you're, like, you're going to walk into a town with ten to fifteen friendly NPCs, and there's yeah, that's not going to yeah. So it's like, is there perhaps going to be like a balance or a pacing issue where it's just like, yes, this is an open world, and as ver- as varied as it can be, everything results to every interaction I have is one that's based around combat because every single NPC in this game is an enemy apart from like, uh, like I said, the odd vendor as I'm sure there will be. Yeah. Um, I mean, like how do you, how do you build um Especially like mechanically, like you think about breath of the wild, you think about, you know, the melee combat ranged combat, you think about the yeah. powers, you think about, um, you know, you think about the climbing and the gliding and you think of, like, and how that made, they were able to manifest hundreds of different dungeons. Elden ring also can't do that. So there are some variety concerns for me when it's like, okay, if yeah. this is just a fifty-hour game of like killing people, I think just I think that's non-stop fighting. I think that's kind of fair. I think it, it's kind of odd because it's the the example I can give kind of feeds off of Dark Souls to begin with, um, but God of War, mm. okay, twenty eighteen. Right. Um, that was obviously influenced by Dark Souls in terms of like, hey, let's just fucking make shit more difficult. But it still had that mm-hmm. nice kind of combo kind of stuff to it. But there, yeah. it was also very much like, and okay, it wasn't open world, but it was hub worlds. And it was very much a case of like, you go somewhere and everything's trying to kill you. Yes. Yeah. Right? So there's no difference in terms of that. I would say that like in terms of variety, you've got your, to be fair, sparse NPC vendors. But when you see them, it is kind of like in events like, oh, shit. There's someone here that, you know, could offer some kind of value here. Um, there's a, a host of enemies ranging from, like, dudes that, you know, hardly will scratch you to guys that will fucking pummel you to the ground if you look at them wrong. Um, and interspersed with that, there are kind of, like, fauna that are, like, around. So you've got, like, birds. You've got, um, you know, like, fucking, I don't know, there's donkeys running around and... Uh, wild boars and they don't try and kill you they just try and run away from you or or they just kind yeah, of chill but... you know um but then in terms of like variety of stuff to do like you mentioned with breath of the wild there's like you know you've got the exploring you've got the combat you've got the shrines you've got this that the other so i'd say majority of that stuff is there in elden ring obviously there's no alchemy kind of system behind everything that's like oh you could set shit on fire and everything kind of it's immersive in that kind of way. Right, yeah. Um, so really but, what we're saying is both games have trees in, so that's why... Um, yeah, it's, it's a video game with trees, for sure. <laughs> both got trees. No, but it's like, it, it's got some crafting, but the crafting is for consumable items only. That, right, okay. So it's not like a focus of things, but it kind of works out in, in, in Elden Ring's favor, I feel, especially in a Dark Souls kind of setting. Um, it's got the exploration and the kind of the area that you're in, which is one area which is meant to be like a biome, was varied enough in what I saw. The boss design is obviously super varied. Then mm. the systems that you've got, you've got magic, you've got melee, you've got ranged, uh, and you've got these things but, called uh, ashes of war, which okay. are kind of like 
spells tied to your weapons or your shields. That's great, but every single one of those systems you just mentioned was combat associated. Yes, yes. So it is holy. I think is is combat. Like, like I, I think I think like, it's like majority of the. You remember yeah, the but it's like, it's like combat and exploration, right? Like, wh- but even what? like exploration, like I know the horse can go up certain things, but like, bro, when you're off that horse, like you're still running around a fr- like a, from in a FromSoft style way. I don't know. <laughs> I think like remember that gameplay the demo and, 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 and the and the yeah. big pot. Like I think what I'm thinking to myself now is that like I need a big pot moment like every right. 10 to 15 to every 10 minutes of open world exploration to yeah. kind of keep me not just like th- saying to myself like okay next boss yeah 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 I, okay okay fair enough and like think, and like the good so the there good was the, the, there was one of those that i had where there was a you're kind of roaming around and a bush starts talking to you <laughs> okay yeah like yeah stuff like okay. no, we and, laugh but like that's important. no okay no, yeah no so, it's, it's yes yeah, so, yeah, sorry, so it's you, you hit the bush and it turns out to be like a little monkey man and he got um turned into a bush and the idea is it's going to lead to a quest but it didn't actually lead to anything in, in the network but that's test. that's perfect that's perfect yeah, that's yeah. that's what there's I want another to one say. where there's like on the beach there's a bunch of um like glittering like footsteps going in a set path oh i saw someone else play yeah this, but yeah yeah and, and okay yes it does devolve into combat but if you hit that something dies and it gives you a i think it gives you a ashes of war but yeah um and then we but, know that the pot is there. We we saw some stuff of interaction with uh, the guy who was the gatekeeper of the stormkeep, and he told you no, it's mm. you're gonna get fucked up if you go there. Like I, stuff like that is gonna gonna be there for sure. Um, but I think a lot of the kind of like details that you're talking about do kind of skew towards combat, but they are in cool ways. So yeah. you, you travel around, and one of the NPCs says, "Oh, be careful of going to that swamp because a dragon kind of fucking lives there." So you go to the right. drop and guess what? Fucking Agil the dragon kind of comes down in a really cool way, fucking lands on a bunch of enemies and just fucking destroys them mm. for you. And then he's just chilling there for the rest of the time until you kill him. So it's kind of like, puts yeah. a focus on that bit of area. Uh, another time was like, let me think. You see an island on the map, but there's no way to get there. So, but then as you continue exploring, there's a cave, but the cave is dark. So what you have to do is you have to find the NPC vendor to have a torch. Then you get to the torch. You can now see shit in the dark, blah, blah, blah. If you explore that cave long enough um, and kind of don't focus on the linear path that it gives you, it takes you to that island that you couldn't go to before. Oh, nice. In that island, there is a statue of a dragon. Okay, and it's like some some of the hints that they give you, there's like, oh, if only you had something to do with dragons. So what you kind of put two and two together, you go and you kill a gill, the dragon, you get an item called the dragon heart, you go back there, you offer it to the shrine, it gives you a, a special kind of thing. So there is stuff like that. It's not just That's, like, yeah. it's not just like, no, go because, to the next yeah, boss, like, go to the next boss. Well, it's because like, when I said like a, like a, uh, like a almost entirely combat oriented world and you brought up God of War, like you're right. But I think that even with like comparing a hub world to an open world, it's still an important distinction because yeah. in God of War, when you you know rock up in Niflheim or whatever, you still going to more or less go in a straight line through yeah. enemies. Yes. And I think when you're presented with that, uh, you accept it. But when you're presented with a world in which you can go around an enemy, there will come a point where you have to say to yourself, okay, why? Um, and I yeah. think the, the things you're outlining there, those become the answers to those questions. Yeah. yeah. 
but it, but it's like it's in those answers that open worlds can distinguish themselves from one another and set themselves apart and establish their reason for existing, which is yeah. what FromSoft really need to do for the, their first well, you know, departure into I, that kind of I territory. Think, I think what FromSoft do well is a sense of mystery. And I think for me, that's kind yeah. of what drives me personally in open world games is why why do I want to go and explore? Why do I want to go do this? Why do I want to go do that? And and it's kind of those questions and those mysteries and kind of uncovering them. Like, for instance, oh. going to that dragon shrine and saying, oh, okay, well, what is this whole fucking dragon thing about? What do I have to offer it? And then, you know. that that John, that sounds like to me, Chris. Mm. Sounds like you're intrinsically motivated ah, to explore that world. No, really, it's, uh. it's fucking quality. And the only thing I wish is that they took that network test and just gave it to people to try because I think I think a lot of people, even non-Dark Souls fans, would potentially fall in love with it. Hmm. Maybe they will at one point. Who knows? You know, could be a long handful of months up until... Well, yeah, three months, right? True. March? No, February 25th. Feb. Right, okay. Which is now counting like... the days. I am, I am, I am. Well, it's, it's it's a little bit less hectic now, right? Because Saints Row left February altogether. All yes. And Sifu moved forward two weeks, almost to get yeah, out of the way yeah. of Elden Ring. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, Elden Ring is definitely shaping up to be that one that no one wants to kind of release against. Yeah. yeah. And fair play. Good for them. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, um, I think I, yeah, I think I've spoken enough about Elden Ring. It's fucking great. It's fucking amazing. And I'm so amped. No, that's cool. I've been looking forward to, all week to hearing your thoughts about it. So I thank you for giving us like in-depth detailed mm. analysis mm. of the network test but from FromSoft a company that can take a you know a game like Demon Souls an old game and do wondrous things with it and make it fantastic <laughs> I think it's time to talk about a company that can take old games um, and do absolute shit with them uh, I'm, I'm of course talking about uh, Rockstar and the backlash that they have faced oh um, with is. the release of Grand Theft Auto the trilogy um, which had a pretty diabolical week uh, it went right down on Metacritic um, I think uh, Jamie you put here that it actually reached at one point 0.5 out of 10 with the um, the players um, it currently sits on Metacritic at a 58 from critics and a 0.9 uh, from the players so that is still not much better um it's been frankly it's been absolutely terrible they also had to remove the um definitive edition from sale um the pc version because they accidentally included some um secret files or some some notes from developers um that got sort of found by those pc sleuths whenever they release something that isn't you know very well hidden um and uh, a guy online tweeted that it's basically the holy grail for those who care about the behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff. Um, and they got to read up uh, some interesting notes about um, what Rockstar Nor thought and what they were thinking during the era when the game was actually made because they got to see the devs' notes um, linked to a lot of those files. But kind of mad. Like, come on, Jamie. I've got to start <laughs> with you on this. <laughs> what? You've already said that you've put this on the back burner. You're going to wait for a patch. Uh, yeah. Is it as bad as... It sounds. I, look, I stand by what I said last week, and when we recorded this time last week, it was actually before a lot of the shit that has re- had really hit the fan, which is that I still think fundamentally these are totally acceptable ways to play these versions of these games. Um, I still think that a lot of people, maybe even the majority of people, that like you know, they will experience some things that they don't like. There will be elements of the way the remaster was handled, whether they were design choices or otherwise, that they won't like. There may be bug, bugs and glitches. There may be 
you know, things that mess with progression or halt their progression momentarily. But like, there are still people playing and finishing and having fun with these games, and you can do that. I chose not to um, because it was a bit too distracting for me. Um, what What was the main before you move on? What was the, What was the main thing that you would say was distracting for you that made you take the choice? I, it, to- it's It's the exact same reason I still haven't touched Cyberpunk. It's the nibbling feeling, the niggling feeling that. In this day and age, when games can and often will be better, why play the inferior version? Right. If you feel like you've got the patience within you, then, you know, go for it. And so it's like, did I need to play, like, a potentially inferior version of these games now? Like, have I not played GTA Vice City for over a decade to suddenly play? It said the exact same thing. If you go back to last year, when Mafia 2's remaster mm. was botched at launch, right. I said the exact same thing. I didn't wait a decade not touching these games to play a version of the game that needs to be fixed. Um, That's fair. And, and no, needs to be fixed. Yeah. And, like... Uh, for anyone that I think wants, I think honestly the most well-rounded and intriguing write-up or look at this game that I've seen so far, uh, unsurprisingly, is the Digital Foundry video. Because I think, again, this is something that Cyberpunk suffered with. It's super easy to assume that a game, or a bunch of games in this case, is consistently the butt of the joke based on the number of viral images you're seeing going around. And then every outlet wants to jump on it. And IGN's video is all of a sudden like the eight funniest glitches and bugs. And it's actually like <laughs> the glitches and bugs aren't really the issue. The issue is things like attention to detail. The issue is things like performance. The issue mm. is things like game-breaking bugs or progression-halting bugs and so on and so forth. The issue is do you like the design of the characters or not? Like Those things are talking points. Saying that like Ryder's character model bugs out when he's on a bike is like, like okay, fine. Like <laughs> When was the last time a game didn't have bugs like that? Yeah. Um, so I prefer the more technical element, and um, I've got to be honest, that Digital Foundry video was also pretty disappointing because it highlights more things that I'll admit I didn't notice that I also think are pretty rough. Um, namely, you can play a video game and not know what your frame rate is, and then a YouTube channel like that tells you what your frame rate was, and you're like, huh, that's why it felt a little bit weird, yeah. but I didn't know it was like frames, that. wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but my, my position is still the same as last time, which is without being too like emotional about the whole thing, which is just like, I wanted more for these games. Um I love them. I still love them. I'll continue to love them. I haven't asked for a refund, and I'm hopeful for a patch, but um, we'll see what happens. It's super hard to know where Rockstar's head is at with all of this. Super hard <laughs> to know how much they care about the press and the backlash. Um, oh, they probably don't care at all. Well, that's the depressing thing is, like, there's every chance <laughs> they don't. Um, sure, they ha- Surely they have to. Like, Rockstar are a company that rarely do they get bad press for something that's badly made. Um, it's not a thing that I would imagine they've... I don't think it's something they've even experienced before, I would have thought. And this is surely is damning for them. Like to go into a meeting and to look down the barrel of a 58 from critics. Like, you know, you can take the audience scores, whatever, and you can take it to one side and you can say, like, there, you know, look, anyone's going to review Bomb um, if they don't like. It could have just been they don't like the character models. It could be that they don't like, yeah. you know, the fact that they've messed with it. But when it comes to the critics who are calling this like a 58 out of 100, I think that's the most damning part for them, right? Potentially. Potentially, I, I, like again, I hope so. I hope that this rings alarm bells and I hope that this kicks them into life because, like you said, they're not super used to seeing, you know, but it's like, do they consider this a mainstream release? Like we've seen yeah, like, GTA Online that they are willing like to take... other publishers, not publishers, other well, devs working on it? So this was a company called Grove Street Games. Mm. Um, and again, like I feel kind of sorry for them because obviously they've become the poster boys for this disaster. And you look into it and like, they're a small team who uh, I think have 21 employees. 
Um, and that's not a lot of people to cover a whole lot of game. And like they were up front. It turns out lots of people tried to spread it as a conspiracy theory, but they actually openly said it in an interview months ago that they are using, uh, they used AI to up-res a lot of the textures. And it's like, maybe like I don't know how much time they had. I don't know how much budget they had. I don't know if the 21 number is accurate, but assuming it is and guessing some of the other two things, like maybe it wasn't feasible to check thousands of textures across three games in the timeline they had. Like, I don't really want to point fingers, but... Um, it's hard not to point fingers at Rockstar themselves just because of the prestige of the series, because of the amount of money. Like, let's be honest, but, but boys. The they spent the l- them, right? Really yeah, and, the and and they, and they've spent a number of years now when it come when it's come to this franchise in particular, sitting around with their thumb up their ass, making money through subpar content on GTA Online. Yeah, and like now they're you know putting their money where their mouth is, or they they in theory they were, and giving <laughs> us a new product, and they and 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 it and it's this. Um, that's a bummer. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. It's um, yeah, it's a real shame for people that because you know I think every you can say that it's not a mainstream rock star release, but at the same time, I feel like every time they put out anything, it's so sort of like coveted because they don't release very often. That it's it's always a bit of a killer when it's not you know yeah. what everyone hopes it's going to be. But hopefully that patch comes and it doesn't take too long. I mean, we'll see. The other thing that people have pointed out is that. These the these versions of the games uh, were based on the mobile versions of the games that were also poorly received and yet likewise never fixed. Oh so, God! Right. Um, that doesn't bode that well. Oh, it, no. Are they all back on storefronts now, or are they still missing? They're all, they're, they're all back. It was the uh, there's the PC version was the only one that was an issue. It was like Jonesy said, they basically as soon as people got their hands on the PC version and looked through the files, they were like, oh, there's still like notes from the original development mm-hmm. 11 years, uh, sorry, 20 years ago, um, like Rockstar North's notes. And like, I think at one point it was even speculated that hot coffee was still in it, which yeah. of course would have been a huge disaster if that had gone public. I don't think that's been followed up on weirdly enough, but I, I saw I think- a headline saying that, Hot coffee files are in the game, but I've what, so I've seen that headline. What does that mean? It's not, like, exactly, it's not like there's 4K versions of hot coffee going <laughs> around the internet right now, which is probably good news for Rockstar. Yeah. But yeah, they, they they took it off sale. I think people couldn't even access it because the launcher yeah. got taken down. Yeah. For, <laughs> the whole thing down. Yeah, yeah. Was there, so, they also said like San Andreas has got a load of um, no, music in it, which is no longer licensed, so it's not in the game. But then. Um, it is still in the game, in the files. It's just been basically turned off with a bit of code. So I imagine yes. people could go through and just turn it all back on again if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they've tried to take it. Even stuff thing. like that, again, it screams of small team that like didn't have much time or money to do a very to handle some very big projects, and were like, let's get this working as best we can. Yeah, yeah. But you know there's the- too much reliance on AI now as well. Like oh, I might sound like a sound like a giant boomer, but there's. <laughs> do you know what I, you know what I actually had a. It was a, a brought home to me the other day when I was. Though I saw. Um, do you remember like, ever seeing the first sort of times you saw the black and white footage like colorized where someone had gone through and colorized yeah, yeah, footage yeah. and it looks incredible and you see like from the 1930s or 20s or whatever and it's like you see these incredible things that have been recolored and some team have done it and it's amazing. I saw one of those the other day that popped up and it, people were sharing it going oh yeah isn't this great and it was a, a recolorized. New York from 1930s um, done completely with AI and I was like oh yeah I'm, I'm keen to see that um, and I clicked on it and it was utter shite um, <laughs> it, the, the AI had no idea what it was doing it basically it was like it had just put chromatic aberration on everything so there were colours flying around yeah. but they weren't actually attached well, to I think I think the latest version of Photoshop has AI recolour 
like colorization oh, okay, built into it. So you could you could even potentially try it out yourself and see. Okay, but and I'm like, you, AI is not ready. <laughs> you can't let it do that. It can't just let it go and just assume it's going to do everything right because it's not. Like you need a person at every stage at the moment, especially for a big release like this. Yeah. Um, and we talked about a number of those things where they were just the names on the shops and stuff like that, where mm. the AI had obviously yeah. tried to guess what it was and it just completely buggered it. And yeah, it's unfortunate, man. I'm, I'm kind of with Jamie though. Like the question is like, do Rockstar actually do anything about this? Because Let's be Maybe honest. Not. Let's be exactly. Let's be honest. As Maybe soon as not, they release right. uh, GTA Six, no one's going to give yeah. a shit. No one is going to care. Yeah, it's the exact same shit we talked about with yeah. CDPR last year, which is like trust erosion is a thing, but also so is being a gamer that buys new games. Like <laughs> no one like and like how many people are there out there that will honestly put their hands up and say they're not going to buy a GTA Six or a Witcher Four. I, yeah, I don't exactly. think there are many who can honestly stick to their guns on that. I no, couldn't. Right. I couldn't. But I think you, you buy a lot of um, uh, you buy loyalty through good games, and you look at like a CDPR who have got you know the Witcher games and the Witcher Three specifically. They've managed to buy a lot, but if you're Rockstar, I mean you've got year like decades of awesome games behind you that people are still going to think back to, and this is one you know mess up i suppose or not one but it's you know it's one of the few that you can talk about where they it's kind three of in one <laughs> it's three in one but luckily for them it's one and they've, where they've screwed the pooch and they can also say those were incredible games like you're just moaning about the remakes but that's because you've got rose tinted glasses or whatever yeah. like, let's move on gta6 you know yeah so maybe in two yeah, or three years well that's it right like we're going to talk about it next probably but you look at what's happening with blizzard and like all the shit that they're going through, and yet people are still like, as soon as Diablo 4 comes out, people are going to fucking buy it. It's going to fucking sell immensely well. So, you know, and, and you, think, you think to yourself, Rockstar aren't at the, the, in the shit that um, Activision Blizzard is. You know, even the Activision side of things, there were the allegations coming out there from like, let's say, Sledgehammer Games, like, people are still going to buy Call of Duty. Like, that shit's not going to stop. Well, well, yeah, maybe but, you yeah. say that. Um, no, yeah, thank you, Chris, for uh, taking us into that story because we're going to talk about it now. So, um, no, thank you. Uh, because, <laughs> and it starts now. Yeah, um, <laughs> he he seemed like he was managing to, um, uh, I, I, not stay above the fray, but he seemed like he was managing to keep himself out of it a little bit. I'm of course talking about um, CEO of Activision Blizzard, Bobby Kotick, um, but Moneyball a, himself. Yeah, a bombshell story uh, from the Wall Street Journal has kind of laid out how much he is involved as anybody else, and he has had a bloody awful um, last week because um, not only has it been said that he was uh, guilty of some sexual harassment himself, he's effectively been asked to resign. He, the board, are now backing him and saying they're not he's not going to resign and they're going to keep him in there. But he also, my favourite thing in this whole, not my favourite, shouldn't say my favourite thing, the most insane thing in this. Um, uh, little right we've got here is that he actually told somebody that he would have them killed. Um, I don't know what they said to That's make him power, say that. That's power, man. That's power. When you say to someone, I can never killed. I think another time he said, I will destroy you. It's like, that's power talking. That's, you know. Is it? Like, is that not stupidity? Because he left it as a voicemail as well. So he's got to know that she's keeping that for uh, leverage at whatever point in the future she yeah, needs it. I don't know, man. It's, it's just like, the, the, the main thing for me about this is that like, he keeps on saying, like, no, you know, we've got a very strict 
um, zero tolerance policy for all of this stuff. And what's happened recently is the people have, you know, in, in the various kind of companies and et cetera, King and uh, um, uh, Activision and Blizzard, uh, they, when they had like meetings, they were the employees asked, okay, if this is zero, po- zero tolerance policy, is it going to relate to Bobby Kotick? Because there are big allegations against him. And basically they were told, oh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. That's because it doesn't count to the people. It doesn't apply to him. It just counts to the little people. Exactly. They have zero yeah. tolerance yeah. for those guys. But. Uh, but, but also just the very fact that the company came out, I was watching um, Critical's uh, take on yeah. all of this, and he made this point that's like, the fact that the company even has to come out and almost give itself a pat on the back for having a zero tolerance stance on this kind of thing. Like, what was your stance before? Like a three strikes and you're out stance on sexual harassment? Like, what? Like, don't. That's not. A, that's not a headline. Just want everyone to know that as of today, we are taking a zero tolerance stance on uh, sexual on 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 a, on a workplace where someone literally committed suicide after they went on a work trip and their nudes were shared around. But then, did you I, I, did, did you guys watch that video that Bobby Kotick put out in in response? Well, it was an internal video, no. but it was in response to um, the Wall Street Journal thing. He's basically saying like, oh, I, I am the biggest champion for these changes. And if anyone doesn't believe, uh, you know, if everyone believes these allegations, then you don't know how serious I am about my, you know, <laughs> trying to change shit and blah, blah. But basically in that video, he's like, oh, you know, don't believe the allegations, which is like. I, that's, I, ne- that's never a winning stance. I, I mean, I, I hate to say to like the, the, the whole cancel culture thing, like sometimes you have to fucking defend yourself, right? Like if, if you feel that you're being targeted unreasonably, but... but uh, people uh, have shown how to do that. Like you go, you go quiet, yeah. you let the people say whatever they want to say, and then you let the thing, you, you, you need the receipts, you get all the you receipts, need the receipts. Together, <laughs> and then you, and then you come out and you show why... And then you just show the receipts and you say, look, here are the receipts. They don't necessarily fit with the picture that's been painted. What you don't do is come out and go, come on, don't believe it. (laughs) Um, And of course, after his little video message, there was another walkout at Activision Blizzard. 150 employees um, walked out again. uh, And they've actually, they tweeted out uh, because they, and talking about zero tolerance, they said, we've instituted our own zero tolerance (laughs) policy. Um, We will not be silenced by Bobby Kotick. Um, until he, uh, sorry, we will not be silenced until Bobby Kotick has been replaced as CEO and continue to hold our original demand for third-party review by an employee chosen source. Um, and that's why they walked yeah. out. It, um, it, but like other shit that's come out of this with like, remember when Jay Allen Brack uh, left as president of Blizzard and then they he, he got replaced by Mikey Barra and uh, I can't remember the woman's first name, but it was something O'Neill. And they were the new co-presidents and you're like Mm. okay that's quite a progressive thing i guess they're doing a male and a female and then she's since left the company but all the stuff that has come out is like she said oh she's just being tokenized and used as kind of like a symbol but you know and it turned out that (laughs) pay discrimination was happening right there in the two of them between the two of them yeah so she was earning less and she only started she only I think the story goes, yeah, whatever these stories are worth, that she only got up to the same pay grade when she actually announced her exit. And and like yeah. you're thinking to yourself, you putting in these people to kind of show that you are all about equality and you're all about like the changing face of it, and yet you're saying, oh yeah, she's she's worth less than this dude because this the, that, that's that's a rich white guy. 
He's I mean, the like, real dude no, who's no, running it. You You're know, just no, the token face of. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, look, nothing, yeah. nothing against like Mikey Barra, but it, 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 it's got nothing to do with him. But it does paint a really damning picture in terms of like what is happening at Activision Blizzard. It's just fucking mental, fellas. I like I, I've said it before. I don't think you understand, but it still fucking blows my mind that this studio, um, Blizzard, where that was the only thing I ever cared about in my childhood <laughs> growing up, right? And just what has become of it? It's absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah. I think you made a good point though. Like you were saying, it's about power and stuff. Like him saying, you know, um, I can, uh, uh, I'm, I'll have you killed. I think it's the problem is when you get these big, massive Goliath companies like Activision Blizzard, it just gets so separated from game development and <laughs> yeah. game publishing. It just becomes massive business, and it gets massive business people involved in it who are, you know, all about business, all about making money, and they yeah. are psychopaths yeah so, and, uh, and he's one of the yeah. one of the highest paid uh publicly traded ceos wow okay well okay. until he took his pay cut right yeah but what does it fucking mean like if he gets 152 or was 152 million i'm just trying to just the I'm year Chris, before i'm just trying to defend his on i just can put all the facts on <laughs> just laying it all there, there was the a great <laughs> so you know there's this uh publication well online publication called uh the hard drive which is like oh right like, yeah it makes him fake headlines yeah fake headlines and, and articles you know uh, or, or rather, not fake, but like tongue in cheek. It's like, it's like, like the, onion. Uh, the onion. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And their thing was like, following all the allegations, uh, Activision Blizzard have decided to change Bobby Kotick's name. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Which I thought was That's pretty good. fucking, fucking That's spot so on. Good. Yeah. That is brilliant. Um, last point on this story then is just to say that, because, uh, you know, you can often say that these sorts of stories happen and if they just wait out, nothing's actually going to come of it and, and they can all blow over, et cetera, et cetera. However... Um, we do have reports now that PlayStation boss Jim Ryan and Xbox's boss Phil Spencer have both condemned um, what Activision Blizzard have sort of said, their response, and they've said that they're going to be reviewing their relationships with the company, which is big, big news um, if that does have a knock-on effect and does actually impact yeah. um, stuff going forward. Even just like to do it as publicly as they've done it, and to add on to the pressure being piled on the board of directors, along with some of the shareholders now, I mean, I, I, I'm not well-informed enough to suggest at which point a position like Bobby Kotick's becomes untenable. Mm. But again, the more public pressure from other multi, the leaders of other you know, multi-billion dollar teams or teams within other multi-billion dollar corporations that can have very serious consequences on Activision Blizzard's whole business structure i.e. releasing yeah. games, um, people will start to take notice. Yeah. It, or it, do you want you, a little... You'd um, you think the writing's on the wall, right? But then again, like <sighs> money kind of, money and power kind of a lot of times supersedes a lot of those things. You're right. You're not wrong. And you talk money and power. Well, um, the share price for Activision Blizzard, um, the highest point it was at this year was $103.24. Uh, um, it's sort of, you know, it's been a bit rocky, obviously, and then you sort of get the, the issues that they've started to have um, in September and it sort of starts to dip into the $80 range. Uh, as of right now, it has just tanked to $62.67. Uh, sorry, fellas, I'll be right back. I'm just going to go buy some Activision stock. We've got to buy the dip, diamond hands. Diamond, exactly. I, I don't want any paper hands anywhere, anywhere in sight. <laughs> Maybe wait a little bit longer because I have a feeling this is going to go down a bit more and then you yeah. can uh, uh, hop in in a bit. But um, 
yeah, I mean, like the Jesus Christ, the the um, investors have got to be starting to look at that and starting to say, do you know what, Bobby Kotick is starting to look more and more expensive, and that we need to get. Yeah, exactly, and and especially you consider. Okay, so they announced uh, Overwatch Two is being delayed. Diablo 4 is being delayed from the Blizzard side of things. Their World of Warcraft expansion uh, is clearing up with the next update, which is making it one of the shorter expansions that they've ever released um, in terms of like a content release roadmap. Then what we're going to talk about next probably is, you know, the Call of Duty uh, sales and how they're kind of taking a dip. Like it's painting a pretty fucking bad picture for that company right now. Yeah, man. And yet this year they recorded profits higher than what they did last year. You know, yeah, that's, that's a like weird the, one though, isn't it? Because with COVID and everything, it does make everything sort of difficult to like look at and difficult to assess. It does kind of throw a little yeah. bit of spanner in the works. But should we talk about Call of Duty now then, as, yeah. as you sort of mentioned it? Because um, yeah, Call of Duty is down 40% year on year um, for the series. It is the worst performance um, that the opening has seen for a Call of Duty game in 14 years. Um, which includes uh, physical sales, digital sales, um, yeah, and it is it's it's that's just terrible. just in just in the UK though in, in the say. UK, sorry, in the UK. But um, that's a fair barometer. Terrible. I mean, yes. it's, it's certainly not a bad barometer. Yeah. Um, I think it's so it's down forty percent um, when you can look at it compared to uh, Black Ops um, Cold War in the UK. Um, we've also got data that suggests that it was the uh, Vanguard was the, um, sorry, I just said already, but it was the lowest performing launch in 14 years. Um, the original Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which sort of kickstarted everything back in the day um, with the, you know, the Modern War era um, back in 2009, 2009, 2007 sold fewer units during its yeah. opening week. But obviously like look at now, look at then very different time, very different game, very different series. Yeah. It's, it's, Dude, there wasn't digital back then, right? So no. Well, there was, but like early, early doors Steam. Um, One question I will raise with all of this, though, before we before we sort of talk about how bad it is doing a little bit more, isn't Warzone the main reason for this? I think it's a a, a big part of the reason, mm. or I think it's a part of the reason. If you if you're getting I, I, your I, fill, if you're getting your co- your cod fill from Warzone, and there are so many players playing that, like, do you is you know, does that stop you running out week one and buying Vanguard? Because I know for me, like, absolutely that has an effect. That sort of thing does. it's definitely a part part of it. But, like, you talk about year on year and there has been a dip. I mean, obviously, you get little fucking spikes and everything. But, you know, it it could be the return to World War II. Maybe audiences have just moved on, right? Uh, It's just not what they want. Uh, It could be just Call of Duty fatigue. Yeah, it, timing with um, the launches of games like Battlefield 2042, Halo Infinite, yeah, and so on and so forth. I, I think the, the the Warzone observation is an interesting one because I've always had this idea in my head of almost like a, uh, you know, like a like a chart of of sort of like Call of Duty interest and how much Call of Duty there is kind of in the ether at any one point. And we're also used to the idea that it starts to dip again around kind of like spring summer after a release. And that's when they announced the new one and the hype yeah. cycle. And it's kind of like you just end up with this thing that constantly goes. And then, like Jonesy said, Warzone almost adds this kind of like flat line that cuts across directly the middle. And so there, I know people, I can tell you, I play games with people who who don't buy Call of Duty anymore because they play Warzone more than they play Call of Duty and they feel pretty satisfied in that. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tricky one. 
There's a weird thing, um, even look at like uh, Black Ops Cold War, because I know when that was coming out, um, I had a really weird sort of thought, which was I'm playing Warzone. I want to play Cold War for the campaign, but Warzone was almost, although it's free to play, it was almost like bundled with uh, Cold War, like the way that they separate out, you know, the multiplayer, the campaign, Warzone. It almost made, in a strange way, it made me feel like I was buying Warzone again. <laughs> Even though I wasn't. Does, does yeah, that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah. It's almost like I already own a third of this game. Like, is it weird for me to pay full price uh, for it? Which was a strange kind of... A, th- like, a third is a weird metric. But literally based on the idea that you've got the multiplayer and the way that they carved out as to multiplayer, you've got the campaign and then you've got Warzone. It was the way that they... Uh, sort of there's zombies as well. Zombies is the, oh, sorry, the third the pillar of the... Well, is it? Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd say zombies is huge, dude. Because up until two years ago, Warzone didn't exist. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm t- obviously talking about like uh, in the last couple of years. But um, that to me made me feel weird about like I already have Warzone. If I want to play Call of Duty, I can play Warzone. Do I really want to buy this game when actually I I basically own a third of it? But- Fellas, can, can I tell you the scary inevitability here? All right, fucking, go on. Fucking Thanos saying I am inevitable. Okay. Year on year, COD keeps on going down, but Warzone stays consistent. So what does Activision Blizzard do? They don't release new COD games, and they just, like, annual COD games don't become a thing. And all you're getting now are big content releases purely for Warzone. No. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I can tell you why not. Tell me. Because... Vanguard is the example we've got of Call of Duty going down year on year, but prior to that, we had Black Ops Cold War, which was released after Warzone and was a improvement on uh, previous entries. It was up year on year on previous entries. Next year, we got the launch of Infinity Ward's Modern Warfare 2, in all likelihood. Mm-hmm. Modern Warfare 2 will be a behemoth and will launch and be the best-selling Call of Duty game since Call of Duty 2019. Yeah, well, look, I'm not saying that this is going to happen next year. So hang on, like your your reasoning for Warzone eventually superseding premium releases is Call of Duty being down year on year, like, and I've just given you evidence that I believe that it will go down year on year once, like, <laughs> out of like the last five games. So, well, the, I, I I feel that it's it would... directly contradictory evidence to the idea that like well, it's look, consistently we've got to see what's happening, right? But like from the uh, from the Warzone effect, it does seem to be impacting the mainline audience, right? And, yes, I agree. And if we know anything about fucking Activision Blizzard, unless they fucking change their ways, it's all about the it's all about the money, Lebowski. And if they look at it and say, why should we pay all of these studios to just fucking leapfrog around each other when we could just focus on Warzone? I, because, I, I, I kind of, I would... I kind of reject a little bit Jamie's idea that Modern Warfare 2 will be the biggest COD game of all time. I didn't say that. I said it would be the biggest Mortal... Mortal I think it said it would be the biggest Call of Duty game since Modern Warfare 2019, which means it would be bigger than Black Ops Cold War and Vanguard. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay, so you don't think it would be... Okay, right. So just the biggest ones is those two. Yeah. Because the other thing, I think like I think Warzone is a, is a smash hit, and in terms of like total player numbers... Um, I think it's been a very successful two years for Warzone. But I think Warzone's numbers this year coming will be the worst Warzone numbers since release. Yeah. Because do you want to know how many people I know that are still playing Warzone on a regular basis? Zero. 
Yeah. You guys? Oh, really? Nah, I, no, yeah. I don't know. Gave up on it like, way before people there's gave a, there's up a, on it. There's a, there's a, my prediction is that, yes, there will be a new map that arrives in a couple of weeks alongside yeah. season one of uh, Vanguard's content. That new map will sort of like reignite some interest in Warzone. But I think the game at the moment is to keep Warzone kind of like going, to keep it fairly consistent. And I think like with the first Modern Warfare, Infinity Wars Modern Warfare 2 will be used as the opportunity to kind of release a new premium product and revamp Warzone and try and like respin it out and try and that's when you try and get people back. Um, yeah, but what, so what I'm saying is, okay, like let's take next year away and forget about it and potentially even the year after that because obviously that's still being worked on, right? Yes. But if you talk about before, after that, potentially, okay. Do you why, want to, I've actually got a list. Sorry, go on, Chris. Go on. Why release a new standalone when you can take that effort and that money? Like you said, like so. So Modern Warfare Two is going to come out, and they're going to have a big content thing that's going to revamp what Warzone is. But what I'm yeah. saying is, they're going to get to a point where Warzone is going to be their focus, their number one focus. And what's going to happen is that year on year, instead of get annual releases of like mainline titles, you're going to get annual fucking revamps no, see, of Warzone. Bro, like the, the reason I don't believe it is because I've been having this argument with people about FIFA for a decade plus. <laughs> the thing about the, the bullet point that Josie hasn't read from all of this is that even in spite of everything we're saying, we're talking exclusively about the UK, right? Yeah. It's the are, second yeah. biggest UK game launch of the year after FIFA 22. So but even then, when they're at their worst point in 14 years, they're still the big, second biggest fucking video game on the planet. Yeah. Do you want to know how much money that is in $60, $70 sales? That's a fucking shitload. But if you think for a second <laughs> they're going to stop shipping a premium product. Also, what does ben Warzone stand to benefit in terms of cumulative player counts and the amount of money those players are spending while playing the game by taking the workforce that work in premium Call of Duty titles and the budget of premium Call of Duty titles and funneling the, that into the Warzone experience? Yeah, but they'll minimize Do you think all of a sudden do you think all of a sudden? No. Do you think all of a sudden spending an extra te- like ten, twenty million dollars a year on Warzone's content means that tens more millions of players are going to suddenly decide to download it? I think personally, it hit the one hundred million player mark. I don't think there are that many people out there at the moment that are on the fence about a free to play Warzone, saying, "Do you know what? If only they'd spent the Vanguard budget on Warzone, then I would have downloaded this free game." I just I think we're trying to make this a zero sum argument where I think the evidence has been for years now, whether it's FIFA or Call of Duty, that the microtransaction given portions of video games and the premium portions of video games coexist beautifully and make money for everyone. Wow. Interesting uh, assertion, Mr. Jamie. <laughs> Thanks for coming to my TED and that, talk. And that's why Bobby Kotick should keep his job. <laughs> Um, I actually, so I managed to find a list of uh, the highest selling Call of Duty games. Yeah, I thought I thought it might be fun if we quickly do you want to like try and do you want to pick the top ones? Is modern it, Warfare is it, Three, um, Modern Warfare Two, Modern Warfare One? Not even close. No. Is it is it, is it uh, all time sales? Yes. Well, uh, I believe so. Uh, Black Ops Two. Uh, Black Ops Two was big, wasn't it? We'll let Jonesy get his data up first, because also you you the three you said Chris were were. Like, uh, at least one of them has to be on there. I think, no, literally, I think, because I remember reading something about it recently, and it was like... I'm going to assume it is worldwide sales. I can't, uh, it can't well, actually... Well, is it a Wikipedia so, article? And if so, no, what's no, no, the name it's, of it? It's, uh, it's, it's Gamerant. Re- read what list. the name of the article is, though. Well, I don't think Gamerant's the kind of... Uh, the highest selling is... Call of Duty games ranked and how much they sold. 
Well, is 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 the number big enough that it looks like cumulative worldwide sales? And when and also like uh, what is okay? So black, so the number one is thirty point seven two million. Sales. Okay, and uh, pause there. Is it the top ten? It's the top. What are we doing? This is the like. Just get the Wikipedia. 15. Fourteen. Top if fourteen. It, if it's the top fifteen, then Chris is 14. right on all three of the names he said. It's the top fourteen. You, and you said no, no, no. Apparently, Call of Duty Black Ops was number one. No, 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 no. What are we, nah, you, how have you made such a heads of pigs arse? Chris said, we're just guessing. So now we have to guess them in, in order from one no, descending. No, I said, I said, do you want to guess the top few, the top three? And then Chris said, Modern Black Warfare o- 1, Modern Warfare 2. What did you say? Modern Warfare 1, Modern Warfare 2? No, I said Modern Warfare 3, Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare uh, 1. No, you sorry. Modern Warfare 3, you got That's number two. What are the other two? Black Ops and Black Ops 2? Yeah. Uh, number one was Black Ops and number three is Black Ops 2. No, yeah, but uh, number four is Call of Duty Ghosts. Ghosts is number four. Yeah, that is Ghosts is four. I did not know Black, that. Black Ops what, three. Is it, and is it MW two then? Then I'll go. No, it's Black Ops three next. Then it's Modern Warfare two. Uh, then it's Advanced Warfare. Then it is World War two. Then it is Modern Warfare. Then it is World at War. Black Ops four. Infinite Warfare. Call of Duty three. Call of Duty two. So Vanguard slots Black Ops in. Black Cold War at number 15 with 5.7 million. That, that goes to show, in interestingly, month, in just how... Month. Oh, the first month, I was going to say. I was going to say that also goes to show how different the UK is to uh, global because in the UK, Ghost is considered one of the lesser-selling mm. um, Call of Duties. It is, yeah, it's difficult to try to extrapolate. Like, it gives you a good idea by looking at like the UK or one place, but obviously, yeah, no, it, might, it could just be an outlier that for some reason the UK didn't like. Ugh, that really stressed me out for that portion for some reason, Josie. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Um, I really I, like, I do, I really I like Chris quizzes. Raises, and... I do think Chris raises an interesting point, though. Like, I, I, I get where you're coming from as well, Jamie, but there is, uh, unfortunately, there is a, a formula, right, where they're going to sit there, we'll sit down one day and they'll say, what are the margins? How much money do we make on a single-player campaign with, you know, the multiplayer attached? What can we do from the free-to-play side of it? Where does our investment go? How much money can we make? And there, yeah. there are definitely questions that will arise in the in the years to come when the Call of Duty franchise and how they I just think that like what we, what we've seen with games, even like free to play games that don't have a premium component, like Fortnite, for example. Um, I I think the biggest determining factor for ultimately player count, and I think the player count usually determines the amount of money or the amount of revenue the game will generate. Yeah is not necessarily like... Obviously, the game has to be in a good state and it has to have a good volume of content and it has to have positive word of mouth. But I don't think there's necessarily like a... I I think one of the biggest, bigger issues is like getting it in front of people. And I think like when... Again, to go back to the example I made before, when you're talking about Warzone's hit over 100 million players, how many people out there that are on the fence about a free-to-play product and need to be convinced to download it and start playing. It's a kind of a weird it way is, to frame is not, it, is, is, But is not releasing a premium product and taking some of the money and 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 skill sets of the people who would have developed that game and utilising that on your free-to-play, is that the thing that people are waiting for? But you kind of take, you have a weird way of framing it because the way you frame it is like you have 100 million people that are already playing it, you've got people on the fence, you're almost taking a snapshot in time, which is weird for me because obviously two years down the line, that the idea of there's a hundred million people, you know, who's still on the fence. It's a it's a moving market. You've got people that come into gaming, people who leave it, people that you know, m- who maybe just never even thought to yeah. play Warzone. Who it, I, I think it's a much more dynamic 
I agree. than I think we're giving it credit for. I agree. I don't necessarily think you but can play it off quite. That, that's in the negative column in terms of risk assessment because you know what's not a dynamic market? Releasing a Call of Duty game every year. But, well, it looks no, like it's it a, might it's be. It's a very dynamic market. It looks what like it might about? be. That's the thing, right? It's, it's, when, very, it's a bit when, volatile. When, 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 your, when your market is at its most dynamic, when like your worst launch in 14 years is the second best-selling game of the year, like but, you're see, fine. Second but, best is yeah, also a strange like, way yeah, of putting it because oh. you're you're comparing it to FIFA and saying it's the second best. If every other yeah. game of the year has sold nothing, it's not that great to say you're. If three sold five copies, then being number two is not exactly a. Yeah, but look at the video games that released this year and tell me that three sold five copies. Well, they must have sold pretty badly if they're um, if they're being beaten out by a, a really underperforming Call of Duty game. I don't know. Re- <laughs> like, we know that Resident Evil Village sold millions. As an example of a third-party game of a third-party multiplayer, yeah, game. sure. And then you could say what else? Like, um... I'm gonna see if I. If I there's a. I mean, it's a lot of like uh, as we'll get to when we look at the game awards stuff. There's a lot of um, uh, stuff that's tied to individual platforms. Ironically, yeah, there is actually harsh in sales. Looking at the time, we should really move on to the game awards because otherwise we're going to run out of time to talk about this because we've been going yeah. for ages. All right, um, go, get, get, give us the, the fucking crib notes on this one. Okay, so uh, everyone knows already the Game Awards is coming around again. Jeff Keighley can't wait to get his shiny, shiny boots on um, and give us uh, a, lo- a show where he's actually going to be there this time and so is everybody else. And he, I know he's already said before that he can't wait to get back in the studio and um, back in the studio, back on the stage and do some presenting. Um, and they've released some of the nominees who are going to be at the Game Awards 2021. So I thought I would give you a few of them. We've got Arcane's Deathloop, which has been nominated for nine prizes. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart from Insomniac, which has been nominated for six. A bloody good game. That should definitely win a few. <laughs> um, it Takes Two from Hazelight um, and Double Fine Psychonauts have, all re- have each received uh, five nominations. Wow. Psychonauts. Some absolutely cracking games in that um in that little list there so yeah well done to all of those guys the uh, game of the year nominees are Deathloop It Takes Two Metroid Dread Psychonauts 2 Ratchet and Clank and Resident Evil Village um thoughts on those ones sure is anything um, absent I think the the, the the thing that is arguably absent especially if you ask Xbox fans is Forza Horizon 5 yeah, um, I think the 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 observation that's being floated around a lot on the internet right now is that, according to Open Critic, Forza Horizon Five is the single most critically acclaimed game of the year. Um, I, see, I'm I'm one of the people who hates games coming out and then immediately being in award shows. Like, I I get it; it should be there. Like, it makes sense. Yeah. But the nominees have come out today. Forza Horizon Five came out what like a week ago. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, did Forza Horizon just miss the cutoff date? Yeah, I think that's technically no. Yeah, it's it's, it's nominated for other things. Oh, oh okay. Well, because oh, we've, we've all okay. seen um, award shows before where they say like nominated for best picture, and it'll be like a film which hasn't even released yet, and you're like, <laughs> yes. come on, man! I hate that. that. I, I can't hate stand that. that. Yeah, really or, or it was released in one cinema in New York for three weeks, <laughs> and it was like great. Yeah, yeah. That, and the only so people that saw it were the critics on the fucking panel yeah. of the Academy Awards. It's as bad as uh, games that um, before they've even come out, like before the games even come out and they've got all the advertising material coming out for it and they've won like 30 awards. And like the game hasn't come out. How's it won 30 <laughs> awards? No one, like uh, no one's played it. No one's seen it. Who yeah. the freaking hell's given it all these mm. awards? I will say that these are all top quality games. 
Um, from the ones I've played, I haven't played Psychonauts 2 or Metroid Dread, and I haven't played much of Resident Evil Village. Um, but, like, it, it does feel like a bit of a 2019 for me in terms of, like, these are all right. good games. None of them are Unreal. Like, yeah. I yeah. Unreal with a lowercase u, I should say. <laughs> yeah, this is a weird Unreal one. Engine. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I agree with you. It's like, it's like the best of what's available. Yeah. But what's available none, is not none, the best. None, none of them feel like how the way you were describing Elden Ring well, exactly. could be next yeah. year, Chris, if that oh, makes sense. Totally. Well, that's and kind of it's, it's, it's what I said, right? Where for me, the game of the year is a fucking network test. But isn't that kind of strange because a few of these games here were heralded as absolutely incredible when they released and, oh, game of the year, game of the year, like Ratchet and Clank, Deathloop, um, Metroid Dread, I think some people were losing their minds over, no names yeah. mentioned. Like, that at the time, they were they were called incredible, they were called game of the year games, but now we've actually rolled around to the Game Awards, everyone's a little bit like, meh. <laughs> I think some people felt that way, it's just I think there was also, this was also a year where, like, Deathloop is a great example where like that got some 10 out of 10s and some high-profile yeah. publications, and most of the people who played it, even the people who liked it, like myself, didn't think it was a 10. Mm. So right. I, I, I don't know why that happened, um, but yeah, that did so kind of happen this year. They but, were so but also like for good games. Also, like, take Metro Dread, like, and I know I'm going to get fucking crucified for this, right? But, like, a a difficult Metroid game that's a 2D Metroid game that's like, it's it's almost like it's a hard sell for it to be a game of the year. It might definitely be the game of the year, but it, it's almost like you think of it as a hard sell. And I think if you, look at, probably, you look at Psychonauts 2 and you think that's a hard sell as a game of the year. Right. Like, I love Psychonauts 2. And, and like, it probably overall is my game of the year. Right. But then again, I haven't played that much. So what am I, what do I fucking know? I um, think Metro Dread, like, should probably win game of the year if this. I was, think it. I think it will. If this yeah, was twenty twelve, I, well. I think it probably should. Um, I think it's going to be Metro Dread. Or oh, I just Jonesy just snuck his joke in there, Chris. Did you catch that? No, what did he say? Say it again, Jonesy. I said if this was twenty twelve, it probably should. Uh, see, I thought you were being genuine for a second. There, I actually agreed with you that I think. No, I, I think Metro Dread will will win because again, like a lot of the times, what happens with the way the the voting works is like if a lot of people are super passionate about a game then I th- it usually kind of ends up sneaking through. Yeah. And um, so I, think this is, a- I think we said, so this is going to be 90% jury and 10% fan. So yeah, the fans can sw- like can swing it. They can sneak it through if, if there's a particularly um, a big fan contingent that really want a specific game. Um, I, I think it's tough. I think that's really tough. That I think it's, I think it's fucking as clear as day and you guys don't see it yet. You, what, you think it's Psychonauts 2? That's going to be a takes two. No, you, it won't. That's that's the dark horse, right? It's the dark that's, horse, and you know what? You know what else? Fucking all, all it takes is Joseph Farris to get uh, Jeff Keighley in a room, give him some coke, <laughs> show him a good time. Yeah. That's what it's all about, baby. That's the games industry, right there. It takes two, though. Like you, could, you could make an. I, I could be convinced that with its vision and what it was trying to do, and like it's a, it's a, a lot of fun. It's a wicked game. It's, uh, but I, I find it hard to call it a game. Yeah, it'll, year. it'll be a Metro Dread. Out of what I'm seeing yeah. there, it'll it'll be Metro Dread. I've not seen. I've only or played two of those games. And I've, maybe Ratchet yeah. and Clank, but I'd, I'd be happy. Be, see, Ratchet and Clank, Ratchet and Clank is the, more Metro Dread. Ratchet and Clank is the perfect example of like a game that was like top, a polished top to bottom. I had a great time playing it. I think it fired on all cylinders and was a genuinely impressive and fun and memorable experience. It's not game of the year. 
It's just not that kind of game. It's not that caliber. It's not that pedigree. I don't know why, but there's just something in my head that's like it doesn't. No, it's not like it, uh, uh, I know. Yeah. Okay, I but like, I, what, I think I okay. agree with you. But what would you guys say is your your personal games of the year? Then, like so uh, far, m- I know what I I know what mine is, and it, it it counts for me, but it wouldn't doesn't count for this. Yeah, but it's um it's uh, Disco Elysium. Oh, see, Disco Elysium. I yeah, fantastic game. Uh, because I think I, I, I think the vo- the ad- the addition of the vo- the version that had voice acting yeah. added in, which did yeah. come out this year, I think that was enough of a game changer. I think uh, honestly, again, also wouldn't count. But Mass Effect Legendary Edition is way way up there as well. Um, and then honestly, yeah, we are talking about Deathloop and Ratchet and Clank and games that I feel very comfortable putting at like three and four and five. Um, fucking Returnal. Uh, Hitman Three. Then you know, there's some indie games that I've really loved this year. Like, I, and you know, what? Guardians could be a top ten game. I think um, the Artful Escape could be a top ten game. Um, like, but oh, okay. What? <laughs> Nothing. I've no. I really liked Artful Escape, but I don't think I could put it in top ten for games. Uh, Artful, Artful Escape is like for me again. This is just the way my brain works. That's like a super comfortable like number ten, number nine. Kind of okay. like props, man. I gotta play these fucking games. Gotta stop playing Dota and finish Dark Souls, and then fucking get on it. Oh yeah, and and I'll say as well, Forza Horizon would be in my like top ten somewhere. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm like, struggling to remember what even else came out this year. Back, Back for Blood would be in the top ten for me. Do you want to know? I can tell you what I played. The, what I played this year. If this might jog your memory, I've, hold, I on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did, did Marvel's Avengers come out this year? No. Was it last? Was that the year before? So I was going to make a joke about Marvel's Adventures. I don't even need to. Things that <laughs> I came out this year that I played, and I think you played as well, Jonesy. Hitman 3. I don't know if you played that. Destruction uh, All-Stars. Um, yeah. oh, Super yeah. Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. That could be in my top 10. Outriders. Um, Maquette. It Takes Two. Discollision Final Cut. Resident Evil Village. Returnal. Ratchet & Clank. Mass Effect. The Ascent. 12 Minutes. Diablo 2 Resurrected, Splitgate, Call of Duty Vanguard, Kana Bridge of Spirits, Aliens Fireteam Elite, Back for Blood we all played. Um, Back obviously for Blood recently, for me. Yeah, there you go. What recently we've had like Age of Empires, Forgotten City, Chivalry 2, Unpacking. Um, <laughs> Unpacking, Game of the Year. Sh- Chivalry 2 actually did get some nominations, Chris. Yeah. Chivalry 2 was damn Chivalry fun. 2 was nominated for, I think, Best Action Game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it, it should win. Oh yeah. All right, but we're going to be here forever. Let's let's carry on. Yeah, let's move on. So um we've we've talked about the fact that uh Forza Horizon 5 I think is has been a little bit um people are annoyed that that's been snubbed and it's not been in the game of the year category, but there was a surprise in the RPG <laughs> category because Cyberpunk 2077 has been included as a nomination. Um that <laughs> well, Yeah. What's it was that that's a that's a very loaded pause. <laughs> I think I, I think I said this to somebody on our Discord. Uh, I absolutely can see justifiably why it has been nominated, but for the same reasons, not the same reasons, but the reasons that it should be nominated um, are not the same reasons why there's no way it should win. Um, it should be in the category, but there's no way it should win. I agree. I think that would be insane for it to win. For, but it for reference, be nominated. Its competition is Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus. Shin Megami Tensei 5 and Tales of Arise 
Um, very Eastern anything. heavy, well, super Eastern heavy RPG category. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe not like the Western heavy hitters. That it's it, it is the Western heavy hitter that it should it should be at least, but it's not. But maybe it's a case of like what other Western RPG came out. Right, and I get a lot. Yeah, not not a whole lot. Right. I'm guessing. But, but well, why I, have they even included even, it in the? But even um, so, this no. But even so, because it because it came out after the Game Awards last year, oh, from yeah, of course, December. It did. Yeah, of course. It did. But I'm I'm with Jonesy. Like I totally see why it could and should be nominated. Shouldn't and I, right. I agree with him in saying that yeah, it shouldn't win, but it, most definitely it's worth it's worth a nomination for sure. Yeah, it's not a bad is. game. Like I think it's just like. It's it's a misunderstood game. It's a misaligned game, and and I just think like it's you know, at the end of the day, it's still a role playing game, and it's a fine role playing game. I it's it's tough. Like it is tough. Out of the we talked about game of the year, what the the games that were in there for the game of the year, I would be tempted to to put Cyberpunk as like the. I wouldn't say it was my game of the year, um, if it was included in this one. Obviously, came out last year, but. It has enough moments that I've played in that game that made me say wow and really enjoy it and think it was incredible yeah, and love yeah. that game and think it was a fantastic, well written, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, absolutely it should be nominated. But I do think that it yeah, it would be a bit of a smack in the face to um the other people in the category if that then turned around and won, given the shit show that its release was. <laughs> hmm. Uh should we get on to Jamie's favourite category, the final oh, yeah. one? Yeah. It's uh, so, um, content creator of the year uh, is a strange old category. I think we even talked about it last year, and um, I, being an old grumpy bastard, said that um, <laughs> it shouldn't be necessarily all streamers, but it is again all streamers. Um, and so this year, content creators that I have—I don't think I'd heard of any of these. We—we <laughs> we actually talked about it on the pre-show. Jamie gave me a little test, and Chris to see if we'd heard of any of these people. Chris had heard of a few of them. I'd heard of none of them. Um, I'd heard of three of them. So in do you know some what I'm gonna, Right, <laughs> three of them. Right, okay. So how many other together? Six, five, five. Um, let's tee this up for the audience. If you're watching on mm. uh, YouTube or. Um, Okay, no, just YouTube. <laughs> keep a, keep track <laughs> of the number of these creators that you have heard of yourself, and then in the comments down below, let us know uh, if you'd heard of any of them, if you'd have heard of um, all five of them. And yeah, post your number and say this is how many I'd heard of. I would have a big fat zero, so don't feel ashamed if, if you wow. have a big fat zero as well. No, no, do feel ashamed, at least because you should at least get one out of these five. No, they'll be in my club. They'll be in the big fat zero club. It'll be fine. I think I kind of had heard of one of them, but I'm going to say zero because I, I, I don't know if I had because it's a common, it's too common a word. Call yourself a proper stream name. It's ridiculous. Um, so uh, these, the content creators nominated are Dream, mm-hmm. Foosley, mm-hmm. Uh, I can't even say this one, Ghouls or Goles. Goles. Or Gaul. Oh God. How do you say it? Ibai? Is that right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Jamie's and, like uh, the Griff. It, it's almost like Jamie's watching a toddler, a, a baby, <laughs> learn to walk for the first time. No, except Whoa. in that scenario, I am also a toddler. I'm, except I'm maybe like six months older, so I'm like, I'm <laughs> not that sure myself. So I'm not going to correct him. <laughs> and the uh, the Griff. So yeah, that is Dream, Foosley, uh, Gauls, Ibai, and the Griff. I have not heard of any of these streamers, um, but they are massive. So yeah. fair play to them for being nominated. Um, We've got uh, three Spanish-speaking, um, one 
Portuguese is it and one um, yeah where's Dream is Dream American uh, Dream's American yeah. yeah Dream's American so I think it's my, my mistake I think it's two English two Spanish one Portuguese right okay maybe I think I don't know so they've, they've gone um, they've gone international uh, from this <laughs> content creator category so that's um, probably why I haven't heard of uh, a lot of them also because like yeah, I said like, I'm an old man I don't know I, I mean, is it is it fair to say that best con- like content creator of the year are the most popular ones? There is an argument I, I to be said that yes, it is, but I, I think I, like I, 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 I prefer it to be a more boundary pushing yeah category. That's what, that's what I would like as well. Like because if if if, if it's purely on more popular, then guess what? Cyberpunk wins game of the year. I see. That's what I was thinking when you said popularity. I'm like, oh, how big they are. I don't think any of the other categories should be that use that metric. But when it comes to streamers, it would be kind of dumb if it was just who had the most streamers because that's you take out any of the fun of voting and nominating, right? But I, I think there should be two categories: streaming, streaming streamer of the creator. year should be a category, yeah. and then content creator should be an artistic endeavor to create content around video games. I think the I two agree. should be completely yeah. different categories. Yeah, I, Jeff, could, I could support If you're that. listening, <laughs> split the category. Fellas. And nominate us. Fellas, this 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 tank is running empty. Don't nominate us because I don't have any fucking stamina. So <laughs> But that has brought us to the end of the uh super show for this. Sorry, week. no, you, you did miss one award. It's the, 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 the podcast that had to end prematurely because one of its uh hosts got tired. Uh prematurely is not the word, mate. We've been going for nearly two and a half hours. <laughs> mate, I got in, told that this was a th- I, Jamie, I got listen, told that any lady would be satisfied, all right? She'd, she'd be annoyed by now. She'd be I think, yeah, she'd be fucking all dried up. She, she would have been finished two hours and, and ten minutes ago. Yeah. Do you know what this is? I was, there's a, that's one thing that I always want to say to like younger dudes. Whereas you see online and they're like, I need a bigger dick. I need to go for an hour and a half. I'm like, dude, no woman wants that. <laughs> no woman wants either of those things. She doesn't want a 10 inch dick and she doesn't want to go for an hour and a half. <laughs> Speak to some women. Jesus Christ. Well, oh, she'll, we she'll be happy with average size 10 minutes and a sandwich after. <laughs> is that, is that the, the key word? Yeah, that was absolutely the key hell, word. I've, I've just figured out where I went wrong. But actually, I went wrong on all three of those things in a roundabout way. Yeah, just finish. Less, just... less than average, 90 seconds, and I'm going to fall asleep immediately when we're done. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's the problem. You didn't offer her the sandwich. If you, mate, if you finish it off with bacon sandwich, she's you should come, keep coming back. For oh, life. mate, who's making a bacon sandwich? She goes to the bathroom to clean up. By the time she's come back, I'm like spread across the entire <laughs> bed, still completely butt naked because I haven't put my pants back on. Snoring just like a warthog. Like, like lying, on, yeah. lying on top of the cover, so she has to roll me like a corpse across... <laughs> It's <laughs> already snoring. Brilliant. Yeah, literally lying on my back, head back, just snoring the night away. Oh well, it is um, almost two o'clock in the morning here, so um, I think it's probably time that we all go to bed and uh, fall asleep like corpses. I would love and roll it. Roll around snoring. <laughs> Thank you so much to everybody for watching. Uh, if you'd like to check out the Patreon, um, you can go to... Pa- uh, no, not Paisley Radio. You can go to mm-hmm. patreon.com forward slash super show. Uh, we are on Paisley Radio 
Com Thursdays at 10 o'clock and you can also catch us on podcasting platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts and anywhere else and we're on YouTube and Twitter at Super Show Pod. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you Jamie. Thank you Chris. You absolute legends. We'll be back uh, next week for another podcast. If you do go to the Patreon you can check out some other content we have got like the pre-show um, some after show stuff some behind the scenes uh, and Known Murderer. Check it out. Fellas. We'll see you. Episode 99 next week. Jeez Louise. Oh my God, we're getting close. We are getting very, very close. Yeah, not long at all, till 100. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye. Take it easy, see ya. Thanks for the maths.